0: Whose bronze stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we've watched were so gallantly streaming. And the rockets' red glare, the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the
1: Fans, good evening, and welcome once again to Wrapping on Racing, September 28, 2020. want to welcome co-host and reporter Dave Oliveri. Dave, good evening. How are you?
2: I'm doing well, Don. I hope you're having a good evening also.
1: we got a jam-packed show, almost three hours, but a lot of stuff to cover. Hey, our guests include Jennerstown Speedway General Manager Billy Rebar, 2020 Street Stock Champion at Jennerstown Casey Flegel, Lynn Paxton from the Eastern Museum of Motorsports, Dave. Let's talk about our trip out there.
2: It's hard to believe. I was looking at the calendar, you know, prior to tonight's show, and it's been about five weeks since we've been out there. But when we were out there, yourself, me, and Robert Johnson, we had a. It took us really two. We maybe could have condensed it into a day, but it took us two days to really thoroughly go through the museum. And one thing that I took upon it from the, the the interviews that we had with Lynn, the length of the time that the museum has been there, Dawn, but not only that, it's grown in five stages. And one of the biggest problems that Lynn told us while we were there, they're out of space again, and they're, they're trying to... Uh, Secure some more property and, and put up uh, buildings and things like that. And he, there's always uh, government red tape, and I know that's been real frustrating with Lynn. But just some of you know the cars there, and then one thing that you know when we sat down and prior to talking to Lynn, they have on their Facebook page, and, and if I'm wrong, it's like a publication section, and it covers basically all forms of motorsports racing.
1: Well, Stephen Bubb, and we met him, he's one of the historians there, and he uh, records all this stuff for posterity's sake, and the reason we wanted to play this uh, tonight is the fact that their Trevis reunion is coming up this weekend, and there's a lot of Trevis cars out there, so that place is going to be packed
2: the sad part about what happened this year, I know that's something that you were looking forward to and even though they're going to still have the reunion it, it, again and it's a good thing that they're having it but they're going to have to have it within, you know, government regulations and moderations and whatever and at least they're having it so that the Trevis guys will have a good opportunity to get out and, and see one of the uh, you know the best sprint cars that ever, you know, we saw in our era on Don
1: You know, you had an opportunity to get an interview with the World of Outlaws late model winner, Scott Bloomquist, and I think we should mention that to the best of my knowledge, you are the only one in the media that got that interview. So a tip of the hat to Dave Oliveri.
2: Thank you, Don. One thing that's again, we have things that we like to do and things we don't like to do, but the world of outlaws, unfortunately, the only people that are able that are in the pit area that have a uh, pit pass or pit credentials or able to to mill around and and talk to the drivers and unfortunately you know the fans as much as they would have liked to have seen scott you know after the race they weren't able to do so and that's both in the sprint car division and in the the late models and i i have a a little bit of a relationship with scott and scott's not the most quickest when he after the race he takes his time but i thought it was real important uh because of who Scott is, and it was his first win in, in a couple of years in outlaw competition. Let alone it was first win in a year, and just you know being one of the greatest of all times. And I, I think the listeners will like the interview. It's not your typical. I did it in the pits, and it, it's not a typical victory lane interview. But I, I think uh, the fans will be interested on some of the insights uh, Scott shared with me, Don.
1: Great. Hey. Uh want to mention our some more guests, uh, 410 Sprint Car Feature Winners, Darren Gallagher and Adam Kekich, and Double Feature Winner at Erie Speedway recently, Boom Briggs, and uh, Tri-City Speedway Sprint Car Champion, Jack Soderman Jr.
2: If you've missed any of Monday's program, you can go to wrappingonracing.com. We have Victory Lane interviews with David Gravel, Mike Doritsky, Chris Schneider, Darren Gallagher, Ryan Frazee, and Brandon Connor.
1: Tom Lang has all the latest drag racing news.
2: As always, we want to thank our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Number One Cochrane Automotive, Jennerstown Speedway, along with Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions, and Toma Meat Market.
1: And as always, I want to thank you for all your hard work. I mean... Uh, we couldn't do half the things on the show if you weren't available and willing to go out and make the sacrifice and drive to all these tracks and get all these nice interviews, and it's very much appreciated. Also, want to thank our reporters, Lenny Baticki, Howie Bayless, Jim Ballantyne, Julie Coates, Tyler Harris, Bill Korch, Mike Lusikowski, and Jim Zufall.
2: And behind the scenes, Tom, we want to, again, special thanks to our senior engineers and our technical advisors, Bill Korch. Ted Luzik, and Gary Scott, along with Bob Miller, our multimedia data collection facilitator.
1: How about if we cover some results? I want to kick things off with Lernerville. Uh, David Gravel put himself in a place to take advantage of an opportunity, and he capitalized on it. With two laps remaining in the 35-lap World of Outlaws Sprint Car Main Event, leader Sheldon Hodenschild suffered a breakdown, blowing a tire and having the lead from the green flag In a performance that was very uh, inspiring, the Connecticut Yankee in the outlaw court capped off the week that saw him collect wins of over $65,000 in earnings with a victory in the annual Commonwealth Clash. And I'm referring to David Gravel there. But... For more in-depth coverage of the World of Outlaws on Saturday uh, and some other big news at Lernerville, you want to go to their podcast, uh, Eric Westendorf, Gary Heeman, and Mitch. Uh, They do a nice job. As a matter of fact, you ought to try it after every race night, but there's some big news on there, and we're just going to tease you with that. You'll have to listen to find out.
2: Michael, Mercer Waysway completed another exciting race night on a beautiful late September Friday evening during the fall bra. Adam Kekic dominated the 410 sprint feature to collect his third Mercer winner of the year and going three for four in the events head out the speedway this year. Dave Murdick entered a drought of over a year by winning the big block versus the small block matchup by seven sections, over Rex King Jr. Jimmy Morris ended an even longer streak, winning his first Mercer 305 sprint feature since 2014, beating last year's points champion, Jake Gamola.
1: I think the fans will also enjoy your interview with Adam Kekic, where you explain why he hasn't been racing as often as he would like to. So just another uh, real nice item for today's show. Hey, at the Lake Trove Speedway, fast track went to Ryan Frazee. The Pro Stock winner was Brandon Connor. Anthony Montepart won in the Pure Stocks. Four-cylinder was Dylan Burkett, and the EMOD winner was Nolan Dalton.
2: The last, the last regular five-star show of 2020 at Raceway 7 saw seasons, veterans grabbing wins, and cash cash, prestiges they go along with them. Billy Henry went to victory lane for the first time in five years in the Rush Late Models finale. Champion Mike Potosky was the winner in the EMOD season ender. Pat Fielding, another former champion, prevailed in the street stock features. And newly crowned Nate Young showed his championship form in the economized feature. And Mark Lawrence won his six mini stock of the year, the most wins of any driver at Raceway 7 in 2020.
1: Things are winding down, but we still have a bunch of material to cover. Uh, I want to tell everybody that our October 5 show. Will be the final regular show, and then in November through April, uh, we'll be doing it the first Monday of each month.
2: Don, while we're talking about Raceway Seven, and you know, I had an oppor- opportunity this past weekend to go to two different outlaw shows. Uh, the folks at Thunder Mountain Speedway had the late model series there, both Friday and Saturday. And Don, our people got the chance to see both the. Outlaws in the sprints in the late models. And again this weekend, another touring series coming in the western Pennsylvania area. Again, we mentioned Raceway 7. The Lucas Oil Dirt uh, Late Model Series is going to be at Raceway 7 on Friday, and they're going to be traveling southward to Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway on Saturday. So a Friday, Saturday show for Lucas Oil fans. I'm looking forward to it.
1: I want to thank you for an excellent report tonight. You have a beautiful evening.
2: You do the same,
3: Don. This is the Banker Bob
4: Thought for September 28th, 2020. Sometimes someone unexpected comes into your life out of nowhere, makes your heart race, changes you forever.
3: Sometimes it's a member of the opposite sex. Sometimes it's a cop. This portion of today's program is brought to you by Number One Cochrane Automotive
5: Jennerstown Speedway would like to thank the marketing partners that made the 2020 racing season a memorable one Martella's Pharmacies Stoystown Auto Records Ron's Collision Center and Auto Sales Farmers Union Co-op Somerset Trust Company Stoney's Premium and Stoney's Light Beer Kenny Ross Chevrolet and all the sponsors of the 2020 racing season Congratulations to the Jennerstown Speedway Champions Late Model Champion Albert Francis Modified Champion Anthony Aiello Street Stock Champion Casey Flegel Charger Champion Dale Kimberly, Four Cylinder Champion Jeff Vassos and a special thank you to all the race fans who made the 2020 racing season at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex a successful one. We'll see you in 2021.
3: And now more Rapid on Racing with your hosts Don Gamble and Mike Lusikowski.
1: All right, fans, joining us now is Mike Lissakoski with the Jennerstown Speedway season wrap-up. Uh, Mike, good evening. How are you?
6: Oh, good evening, Don. I'd uh, be a lot better if I had just come from a, a, a Jennerstown Speedway race weekend, but, uh, you know, I've, I've said this to people for, for many, many years. Uh, the, the Jennerstown Speedway schedule is not as aggressive as some other racetracks, and when you're 2,000 feet elevated, Uh, the weather turns in a big hurry, and I've been saying this to people for years, Uh, there's a reason that every corner around Jennerstown Speedway has a ski resort, Uh, because the weather
7: turns
6: (laughs) pretty nasty pretty quickly up there, and I know we had a a great weather weekend, but you can't predict that when you put the schedule together, so as you mentioned, this is the wrap-up report for the 2020 racing season as the Jennerstown Speedway will reopen again in 2021, and just wanted to make sure that we acknowledge the accomplishments of the drivers in all five racing divisions who earned top 10 places in the final point standings. Uh, We'll begin with the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers, uh, a great sponsor that's been with us for a very long time, by the way, and continued thanks to uh, Dave Forrester and everyone at Farmers Union Co-op. Finishing in 10th position in the points was the veteran Scott Mitchell from Somerset he picked up a feature victory in the charger division in twenty twenty and also did double duty as his name will appear in the report again speaking of double duty ninth in the point standings was adam Kastelnick, who spent several weeks driving a backup car out of the kimberly stable finishing in the eighth position cody gainer the greensburg driver he had a fantastic two thousand nineteen uh... he was not present for each and every single event in twenty twenty but that young driver has a bright future ahead of him. Nick Nemec, the Acosta, Pennsylvania driver. Acosta is a suburb of the greater Jennerstown metro area, if you will. Uh, Nick was an enduro competitor and continued this season to race in the enduros, and uh, with three to four enduros a year that uh, Mother Nature allows us to complete, even though we try to schedule one a month. Uh, Nemec is one of those drivers that you point to as several drivers in the four-cylinder division who were able to get a taste of competition from the Enduros and become a competitor in another division, so it was great to see that rookie come out and have a top-ten finish in the points. Chris Amitt in car number two from Latrobe, Pennsylvania, was sixth in the standings. He's a graduate of the four-cylinder division, so he was a Charger rookie. Steven Singo finished fifth in the point standings. The longtime veteran from Hooversville, Pennsylvania, is such a popular driver, and he had the crowd absolutely whipped into a frenzy when he grabbed a victory in twenty twenty. Congratulations to Steven on finding Stoney's victory lane once again. Finishing fourth in the point standings and a candidate to be the most improved driver in the division. Bob Mossdollar, Uh what a tremendous season Mossdollar had, consistent He ran up front, he led some feature laps, he led some heat race laps. Mossdoller looked really good coming home in fourth position in the point standings in 2020. Finishing third was probably the biggest story of the year in the Chargers. Will Hemminger from Stoystown placed in the podium positions in the final standings as a 14-year-old rookie. He very, very quickly got the handle of a Charger race car, He raced at the front for the entire second half of the season, Uh, a tremendously quick learning curve for Heminger, who marks a third generation of Heminger racers at the Jennerstown Speedway. Finishing second in the championship point standings, another rookie, certainly not as young as Heminger, but Kyle Burkholder from Mill Run, Pennsylvania, the grandson of the legendary Bob Arsenberger. Burkholder switched over from dirt track competition for his first season on asphalt and picked up a feature victory while finishing second in the point standings. And our Charger Division champion for 2020, no surprise, Dale Kimberley, on the strength of six victories, made it a third consecutive title. Kimberly again donated his entire 2020 winnings to a needy family in the area. He does that each and every year. What a, a big heart that Kimberly has. But a big right foot on the gas pedal as well. At a certain point in this season... He had nine consecutive wins dating back to 2019, where he picked up three straight at the end of the season. So another dominating year for the former dirt track champion, Dale Kimberly in the Chargers. The Somerset Trust Company, fast and furious four-cylinder division, coming home in 10th in the point standings. Michael Strauss from Salzburg, he had a brilliant rookie season in 2019, and he had some mechanical problems and some struggles in 2020, but... He found Stony's victory lane. Congratulations to Michael on his win as a sophomore in the division this season. Finishing ninth was the popular Curtis Frampton from Boswell. He had a tremendous run on the final night of racing. Had a maybe a career best night, both heat and feature racing. Finishing in the eighth spot. <clears throat> excuse me, the rookie Nate Valenti. Nate, a, uh, a high school football star turned race car driver, finishing in seventh in the standings. Lance Shawley from Stoystown. He was very, very fast on several nights throughout the season. Wouldn't be a surprise to find him in victory lane next season. Finishing in the sixth spot in the points, Mark Gustafson from Mount Pleasant. Finishing in fifth in the points, Jason Truscott from Johnstown. Finishing fourth in the points, a really terrific guy, Jason Fulton from Normalville. He had his most consistent season in 2020. Finishing in third in the point standings, Michael Saylor. He was a winning rookie in 2019. Backed that up with another victory in 2020 and finishing on the podium in the points in his second year of competition. Finishing second in the point standings, the former champion, Evan Nybert. Nybert was the leading winner of 2020. Got the test drive modified a couple of times as well. Four victories on the season for Somerset's Nybert coming home second in the, in the points chase and picking up the championship. A dirt track convert, a rookie to the asphalt who won on opening night his very first asphalt race he found victory lane, followed that up with two more wins. So with a season producing three victories as a rookie, Stoystown, Pennsylvania's Jeff Vassos picked up the championship title in the Fast and Furious four-cylinder sponsored by Somerset Trust. A shockingly brilliant season for that driver from Stoystown. Moving on to the street stock division, sponsored by Ron's Collision Center and Auto Sales. Tenth in the point standings, Scott Mitchell. He did double duty all season long, and probably the prettiest street stock in America. The 1974 Cheval bodied machine for Mitchell was very, very quick all season, did not race every week, but finished top ten in the points nonetheless. Harold Myers of Friedens, Pennsylvania, a true rookie to competition. It took him a few weeks to really get the handle, starting out several divisions up the ladder. Of course, you know the progression tends to be maybe enduro before four cylinders and then chargers. Well, Myers jumped right into the street stock division, and by season's end, Myers was looking like a top-ten driver and placed exactly that in the point standings. Finishing in seventh spot, big story of the season, the rookie... Brent Bickerstaff from Hermony, he leaped up the Jennerstown divisional ladder after a pair of championships in the four-cylinder division, and his beautiful street stock gave him some much-needed experience in rear-wheel drive competition, and he finished seventh in the final point standings. A veteran came home in sixth spot, Rick Mewat. Now, Milib had the composite body on the race car for the the, the late model-looking body, if you will, back in 2019, and he rolled the clock back for a nifty throwback. He has the 1977 Monte Carlo body on the street stock great classic car look as he finished in sixth position, and Mulev's been racing since back in the 1990s as opposed to the rookie right behind him in the standings, Bickerstaff, so Mulev looked really fast a couple times, had a couple of hard crashes, unfortunately, in the 2020 season. Coming home in fifth in the point standings, the rookie Jeff Barclay from Rockwood, Pennsylvania. He was a former dirt track modified light competitor, finishing in fourth spot and looking very strong several times. Angie Kimberly of Suitersville, a heat-race winner during the season. Kimberly had some outstanding runs in 2020. Unfortunately, there were some mechanical problems that plagued that team throughout the season as well. Coming home third in the point standings, Mel Wilt from Hollidaysburg, the longtime veteran is a multi-division winner in his Jennerstown career, but did not find Stoney's victory lane in 2020 because the top two drivers in the standings were the only two winners of the season coming home in second position in the championship chase. It was the 2019 champion Aaron Van Fleet from Scottsdale. He was a three-time winner on the season and picking up the championship. In the street stock division, Casey Flegel of Freedons. Six victories on the season for Flegel. He's been a winner in four cylinders, he's been a winner in chargers, and now a champion in the street stock division. Moving on to the modified division, coming home 10th in the point standings. Jim Bojack, the popular and likable guy from Hullsopple, Pennsylvania, finishing in 9th position from a family of dirt track racers. Brad Milburn from Shellsburg, Pennsylvania finishing in eighth position and looking very strong in the last few weeks of the season. Popular Cindy Shawless from Somerset placed eighth in the championship point standings. A difficult, difficult year for the driver, finishing seventh in the points chase. Adam Kostelnick from East McKeesport, who destroyed a car, backing into the outside, retaining wall in turn one with just a couple of weeks left. He acquired one of the cars that he used to win all the drome championships from the Viglione racing team late in the season. So expecting big things from Adam next year, but definitely a struggle for him in 2020. Coming home sixth in the point standings, one of the biggest stories of the year, dirt track late model superstar Doug Glessner became an asphalt racing rookie. He placed sixth in the point standings and really figured that car out toward the later part of the season. Finishing in fifth, one of the hard luck drivers of the season, Pittsburgh's racing Jason Bush in car 42. After a couple of seasons of finding Stoney's victory lane, Bush did not find victory lane this season, and it was all because of lady luck, as he was so close to a win so many times in the early part of the season, only to have strange, strange things happen to that team. John Fama finished fourth in the points. He was a former driver at the the Thunder Valley Speedway in his hometown of Central City. He was, like many other drivers, a dirt tracker who became a rookie in 2020 on the asphalt and was very, very smooth from the very start of the season, earning fourth in the points chase. Finishing third with three victories in 2020, R.J. DeWappi, the young driver from right in Jennerstown, Pennsylvania. He was a former four-cylinder winner, and that second-generation driver was... So fast in the first half of the season, they struggled a little with the setup after the midway point of the season, but he still finished third in the standings. Two wins on the season for Tom Golick. The West Newton, Pennsylvania veteran came home as the runner-up in the championship points battle this season and earning a third consecutive championship, Anthony Aiello from White Oak, Pennsylvania, Four victories made him the leading winner again in 2020. And Anthony Aiello from White Oak, a second-generation racer, he was a winner in Chargers, a champion in the street stocks. And congratulations to Anthony on three straight titles in the Modified. And, of course, for Modified sponsor, Stoystown Auto Wrecking. Can't thank them enough for all that they do. Our track photographer, Benji, is our... Uh, our connection to Stoystown Auto Wrecking, so to speak, but the folks at Stoystown Auto Wrecking and Stoystown Auto Sales are such a big part of the racing action because they also sponsor the big special events for the modifieds at the uh, at the at the Motor Mountain Masters weekend this season. It was Ohio Invader Rick Sybilla who picked up that large paycheck, courtesy of Stoystown Auto Wreckers. So continued thanks to them. And as we look at the late model division, sponsored by Martella's Pharmacies. We take a look at the top 10 in the point standings. Former winner, Zane Farrell from Ruffsdale, finished 10th in the points. Former champion of the trucks. Todd Price, in his number 96 machine from Bedford, was in the ninth position in the final standings. A very difficult year for Mike Hemminger. Hollywood came home eighth in the point standings. That team struggled all season with brake problems and rack problems, lots of mechanical woes for the number 72 team is he's been a multi-feature winner for the last couple of seasons finishing in 7th and looking very strong at the end of the season Paul Fest Jr the son of a Jennerstown Hall of Famer from Mount Pleasant he was 7th in the points but looked poised a career-first late-model victory as a sophomore to that division in the last few weeks of the season. Finishing sixth in the points, Joe Maruca from Slickville, who finally got the monkey off his back with a feature victory in 2020. I can't remember a driver in my lifetime who had been so close to so many feature victories, leading laps late in the going, all the way back to the old Motor Drone Speedway and repeatedly at Jennerstown. Maruca finally found Stoney's victory lane in 2020. Finishing fifth in the points, Gary Wiltrout, the two-time former Jennerstown champion at his home track. Of course, the Somerset driver picked up a victory in 2020 as well. Uh, Always looking strong as Wiltrout. Fifth in the point standings, they as well had a couple of mechanical problems and crashes not of their own fault plaguing their season. Finishing fourth in the points, Jared Barclay from Somerset a sophomore to the late model division, a former winner in the Modifieds, and I would bet the farm that Barclay will be a winner in 2021. He had heat race wins in his rookie season, heat race wins in his sophomore season, and toward the end of the year, he looked just as fast as he did in 2019, as he was a very impressive rookie. I think Barclay had a few struggles early in the season, but I can guarantee you that Jared Barclay will be a Stoney's victory lane visitor in 2021. Third in the points chased by only a scant margin of seven points. Was the leading winner of 2019, Teddy Gibala? He was the defending champion coming into the season. He earned two big victories on the year, finishing second in the points by four markers. Was five-time champion Barry Audi as the home track favorite. Scored two victories late in the season. And picking up the championship, Painesville, Ohio's young Albert Francis. With three victories on the season, Francis was undefeated in heat races until the month of September. He lost only one heat all season long. And in his very first season of Racing Weekly at the Jennerstown Speedway, Don, we have a teenage champion in Albert Francis from Painesville, Ohio. A great season for the Francis Racing Team.
1: A great season and a great report. Mike, we thank you for being with us. You have a nice evening. Same to you, Don.
8: Let me see number one Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, number one Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zillianopouls. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochrane sales and service, go to Cochrane.com.
1: All right, fans, up next, we're going to talk to Bill Rebar from Jennerstown Speedway. Bill, good evening. How are you? Doing
9: well, Don. Thanks for having me.
1: You know, Mike covered the top 10 in all of your divisions and he acknowledged your sponsors and your champions. But I'd like to get some of your thoughts on, I guess we could call it behind the scenes all the things that you're responsible for that the the fans never see?
9: <laughs> I don't know if we have enough time in the broadcast <laughs> to go over all of that, but, uh, you know, 2020 season really pushed us in a position that we uncovered a lot of things that normally we took for granted, just accepted them, and had it happen every week, and uh, I think we had to work twice as hard, if not three times as hard, to make that happen this year, and you know, racing is about a lot of the great people you meet, and we are very fortunate at Jennerstown Speedway. I got to be uh, pretty pretty close associates with Representative Carl Metzger and Senator Pat Stefano, who represent the district and around Jennerstown Speedway. And honestly, Don, I can go on record without those two gentlemen, their advice, their guidance, and their support, there would not have been a 2020 season at Jennerstown Speedway.
1: I believe it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's unfortunate that the, some of the politicians that are clueless just put out orders or I, information, and they they have no idea what's going on.
9: Yeah, and, and it's it's very unfortunate that uh, they try to take a blanket policy rather than looking different things in their own little region. And you know, we all know about the Carlisle story that you know they did an executive agreement; and it was a non-disclosure thing, and you know, the whole time. Uh, We were permitted to operate at 50% capacity. We followed all our state and local regulations. We were 100% compliant. Well, then as soon as high school sports started up, it started drawing a lot of attention back to these racetracks. So we had a great 2020 season. The way I look at it is it was a season that could have never happened. Uh, Fortunately for us, we were able to get in all our major shows. We did lose out on a few of our local division shows, but I think everyone looks at it from the aspect that we got more racing in than we actually could have gotten in if things would have kept the way they were. So we didn't take a backseat approach. We were very proactive, did what we needed to do, and uh, we were able to put on a pretty good show for the racers and the fans.
1: All the traveling series that came in across the board, the comment was, we love this place. We can't wait to be back.
9: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, with the COVID restrictions that were in place, not so much here in Pennsylvania, but a lot of the, States that were these series teams were traveling in a lot of them have government contracts that if they left their state they'd have to quarantine for 14 days and there's things you just can't get around with the easy passes whatever so we lost some teams that couldn't come in to travel nobody could get across the board from canada we lost a few uh fans a lot of fans from the northeast region that just couldn't couldn't make the trip from connecticut they couldn't come from maine they couldn't come from new hampshire so it was a very difficult season just to coordinate all that When were you going to be allowed to race? Who are you allowed to have? Uh, You know, you read about a lot of things in the news. I'm not going to lie to you. I quit watching the news. I don't pay any attention to it other than the regulations we have to follow because you just don't know what to believe anymore. And ourselves here at Jennerstown got caught up in a little bit of a fake news story that everything's been resolved. But it's just very scary that you have to tiptoe around because... One person, you know, I, I think it's totally horrible that the governor won't let fans into the high school sports, but yet people can go to a racetrack. But that's not the racetrack's fault. Uh, that's They need to be calling the governor's office, not the racetrack. So it, it's been a very touch-and-go season. Like I said, I think we've worked very hard for it. I think it humbled a lot of people as to, wow, you know, this almost didn't happen, and because of the hard work of everybody and the staff at Jennerstown, we were able to still get some resemblance of normalcy with a race season.
1: I'm going to share a story with you. Uh, The man will remain nameless. Good friend, uh, he's been uh, a fan uh, at Lernerville Speedway for probably 25 years. Uh, He was a broadcaster. He was a newsman on a TV station in Ohio. And I asked him last night. I said, "Why did you quit?" He said, "I was tired of lying to the people. I couldn't take it anymore." I said, "Well, what are you doing now?" He said. I work at a gun store, and we're so busy, there's 15 of us, and we can't keep up.
9: Yeah, I I try to keep politics out of it. Uh, I can tell you that I definitely changed party affiliation back in March. I just encourage everyone, regardless of who you vote for, you go out and vote. And remember everything that happened in 2020. These are the people that have been there for quite some time they're making the decisions, they're making the restrictions, and you might be okay and comfortable with them. I know the bulk of us and our fan base and management staff are not in agreement with what's been put in place in Pennsylvania, and just remember here in November that it's your opportunity to
1: change that. Now, looking ahead to next year, something that maybe time-wise or schedule-wise you weren't able to do, uh, is there anything that jumps off the page for you?
9: Well, I'm actually embarrassed to say that we don't have a 2021 schedule put together yet. Uh, normally by this time of the year, I could give you some sneak peeks or some exciting announcements. It's just not just the Speedway, but these Tory series themselves are still trying to sort through and pick up the pieces of races that didn't happen this year and things like that. So we've talked to several series. Uh, I'll put a little teaser out there that we've, we've talked to one that hasn't been here in a few years that the fans have been requesting. Uh, so we are kind of working through that and hopefully see a, a series that hasn't been here in about three years come back that's in high demand. Uh, I can tell you this, that we actually, you're going to see some noticeable upgrades at Jennerstown Speedway next year. We didn't get to do everything we wanted to this year because of COVID, not knowing if we were going to have any source of income, um, but we just made a deal. You will see brand new LED lighting on the grandstand side of the Speedway. Uh, the infield lighting is down the road. Hopefully we can change it all. But... Had some issues with the light towers towards the end of the year. They've been there since the late 80s. And uh, we had the opportunity to have a meeting with Musco Lighting, who just actually did Heinz Field. Uh, What a remarkable group of individuals to work with. And we were able to reach a deal that we will have brand-new LED lighting on the front stretch at Jennerstown next year. So we're really excited to keep making these upgrades, not only to our racing program, but also the facility itself
1: i know billy rebar has to be pleased with the staff they work so hard in every area whether it was the pits the ticket takers the food the concessions from my observations it seemed like things were flawless
9: this is by far the best year we've ever had um we have such great key people and as you said i mean it's from the maintenance guys with denny morgan and his staff and uh nick nick schnitzer warren Gintard. George, I mean, all these guys that help us on the maintenance staff during the week, it's a full-time job that I have four retired guys doing it, and they, and they make it happen. Lee and Henry in the concessionary and her 45 employees. Uh, Brad Boxer has really stepped up to the plate this year. He was actually our man in a tower that was helping to make some of the calls. We actually have a racing committee this year instead of a race director, and it was perfect. It was everything you could ask for. These guys worked closely together with Brad Boxler. Mike Ballardi, our Pitt Stewart, Mike Reiniger, our flagman, uh, Todd Barron, our tech official, Freddie Foster, Chad Reiniger, I mean, the rest of the officials, everything was just meshing. Uh, I think everybody was just comfortable with what was happening this year, and I think the result was a, a really excellent, excellent product. And one guy that i got to mention, his name's Eric Kearns. Eric used to work at MotorDrum years and years ago, and I never had the opportunity to meet him. And, and we needed a lineup guy this year. We were short one person. And um, Richard Polagruda actually remembered Eric from years ago, reached out to him, and he turned into, like, the absolute saving grace for the lineup position. You know, he didn't need to be taught. He knew what he was doing, and it was fantastic. Uh, Craig Epley's the first one at the racetrack every week, one of the last ones to leave. Uh, Michael DeRazio, his brother Corey, who came on board, his girlfriend Breezy. I mean, I could go on and on. Jason Fritz just an amazing group of individuals that dedicate, you know, it's one thing to be a racer and race every Saturday night and have fun, but to be an official and put up for this and get screamed at, it, it's just, those guys don't make enough money, but they're like me. They do it for the love and passion of the sport. and Without them, this facility wouldn't operate. I mean, uh, Gary Boxer has been there forever as our pace truck driver. I, I'm not going to mention the facilities, but there were some pretty big re- races in uh, the United States over the last couple of weeks. And some of the drivers that were here for the July 4th Cars Tour race and back for the Masters, you know, it's, it's very flattering when they're at another racetrack and you get a text message like, you need to come down here and show these guys how to run a show. And it's not me, Don. It's yeah. everybody that's working with me. So yeah. that's what it takes is a group yeah. effort.
1: That's a very complimentary way for these uh, these drivers to tell you how they really feel. Well, Bill.
9: Yeah, I and f- I forgot to mention one name off the top of my head, Vernon Yoder. He's my scorer, my statistician. This guy is just a computer whiz, and without him, we wouldn't have timing and scoring. We wouldn't have points. He mails all your purse checks. I mean, there's just so many people that are involved in this that, you know, it's like a duck on the water. When you show up with the track, we want to make it look as flawless and seamless as possible. But deep down inside, these guys don't sit down. I mean, I know I put about 12, 13 miles on a night. I know it's hard to believe Mike Bellardi puts that much on as well because he's a pretty big boy, but... Uh, he needs to do that about four days a week, and maybe we'll get him slimmed down. But uh, <laughs> at the end of the night, we, we leave it all on the table. So.
1: Well, an excellent report. Uh, have we covered everything? I
9: believe so, Don. I just want to let everybody know that, uh, once again, we're working hard and getting the rules out there. We're also working on putting together a banquet. It's kind of hard right now when everywhere you call has these COVID restrictions, even though the... The Supreme Court said we didn't have to follow them. They're still following them, so it's pretty hard to have a banquet with 250 or more people. But we are working diligently. We're going to work through this, whether it's this fall, whether it's this winter, or whether it's this spring. There will be a 2020 banquet to honor our champions. So we're working closely on that. We're also working on getting the rules tweaked. Uh, Very few minor changes, maybe wording and also, we're really excited about that pro stock division in 2021. Uh, you can actually visit a new Facebook page that we created. It's called Jennerstown Buy, Sell, Trade. I uh, just posted two cars here a little bit ago that are for sale in the local region. As of right now, Dawn, I have eight drivers, eight drivers that have purchased equipment or had equipment. that will be racing next year. So we're really, really pumped about what this division is going to turn into.
1: That is wonderful news. I think it was a great year under the circumstances. I want to thank you for being with us, and you have a nice evening. Thank you, sir.
10: All right. Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance and installation. Alternative Power Sources, Incorporated, located in Western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Bluestar, Nolar, Asco, Yamaha, Powertech and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the the top-of-the-line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455.
1: All right, fans, joining us now is Casey Flegel, the 2020 Street Stock Champion at Jennerstown Speedway. Casey, good evening. How you doing, buddy? Good. That has a nice sound to it. 2020 Champion. Yeah, it definitely does. And you you closed out the year. You won the heat and won the feature, in a pretty tight point race. I mean, you only had ten points on uh, Aaron Van Fleet. One bad heat race or one mishap in the feature, and he would have been the champion.
11: Oh, absolutely. It's been uh, it's been a tight race all year um, with Aaron. There uh, actually after after five races, um, we were. Or after four races, rather, we were tied for the points. It was like back and forth of me being up four points and being tied. So it was definitely a great ra- uh, you know a tight points race. And uh, thankfully we were uh, fortunate enough to have good luck and uh, were able to pull it off.
1: Well, and he's he's tough. He's a former champion, so you were running against some good competition, but I want to rewind back to when I first saw you there and when you started out, what division did you, and you were a former dirt track guy, what was the division you first started at at Jennerstown?
11: I I started in a four-cylinder in 2015. Uh, Actually, my uncle is uh, Barry Audie, and uh, I used to help him whenever I was younger, and I started racing on the dirt and, uh, always ran four cylinder. And then, uh, I actually got a ride in a super late model on the dirt for a while, uh, for a season and a half. And, uh, that was a lot of fun. And then I took a year off and I decided I wanted to race again. So I actually bought, um, one of my old, one of my old four cylinders that I sold to a buddy of mine. I actually bought it back off of him and I ran it one time at Dog Hollow and it got tore up. And I built a new car, and I was always over with Barry and Donnie and, you know, his guys, and they were always on me about trying the asphalt out, and I was always a diehard dirt man, and I'm like, ah, I don't want to do that, and finally they talked me into it, and I started over there in 15, actually like a couple races into 15, and I ran one time and I was hooked, and I haven't, I haven't looked back since.
1: And and you've won in anything I've watched you race in, you've won in it. A uh, curiosity though, and I always ask the drivers, how did you pick your number?
11: Um, that's kind of a funny story. Uh I used to when I first got my uh well actually it was it would have been my third my third four cylinder, but the car that I got my first feature went in, um was a Chevy Cavalier. And uh I always like, I started off with 13 and then I was 13C. And then when I bought that car, it was 68, uh, for my buddy Ray Wright, the guy who actually built the car. And I ran 68C for the rest of that year. And then I'm like, I want to go back to my own number. But there were so many people that had number 13 and I didn't really want to run a letter. And, uh, a couple of buddies of mine said, well, why don't you just make, why don't you just make your number 113? And I said, yeah, I kind of like that. And it it just stuck from
1: there. It's a very easy and recognizable number. Cotton Dirt, how many years have you been racing?
11: I started in 2010 at Thunder Valley. um, And I ran 10, 11, 12, and 13. Um, Halfway through 12 and 13 was in the super late model. And then I took 14 off. And part of the season in fifteen, and then and then got back to. That's whenever I switched to asphalt. Actually, I ran asphalt and dirt. At one point in time, I had seven cars. Whoa! Uh, so it was pretty easy for me to bounce around wherever I want, wherever I wanted to go. You know, pavement, asphalt, uh, any, and pretty much any track I wanted to go to, I had a car set up to go.
1: How does a guy end up with seven cars? <laughs>
11: Because I build them for people, and then they decide that they don't want to do it anymore, or whatever, and I end up buying them back off of them because I don't want—I didn't want uh, anybody else to get all the information that I worked so hard for uh, to figure out on my own.
1: I guess having uh, Barry Audie as an uncle is a good influence because uh, even though you're not running a late model, if you have some sort of a question, uh, he would be the go-to guy, and he helps everybody. What, what is amazing, he helps the other late model guys that he's racing against, and sometimes he sells them a car, and then he has to race against his own car, and oftentimes the cars are tough competition.
11: Yeah, and, and, and on more than one occasion, he's been beaten by his own car. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i'm i'm pretty much in the same boat i try to help anybody out uh you know even if they're racing against me i know like jeff barclay want you know he asked me stuff and i'm more than willing to give him you know any information that i can to possibly help him out and the burbridge boys i mean if anybody comes to me for help i don't ever uh i don't ever turn anybody away i try to help as many people as i can i know a lot of the guys in the four-cylinder division especially you know uh they come and ask me for help and stuff like that like evan nybert um i don't know how many people know but like that car that he that car that he's been racing over there for the last five years i wouldn't have drove it on the road because it was it was rusted out that bad in the back and i've been telling him and telling him and telling him well i actually got him a new shell a couple months ago and the plan was we were going to build him a new car this winter and uh he was just going to keep that car for a backup car just in case something would happen because he wants to run for another championship well he got he got into that wreck last week and it tore the rear axle beam clear out from underneath the car because it was it was rusted out so bad and uh he called me last sunday and he said hey i'm gonna bring that shell over so we can get started working on it and that way, I'll be ready to go for next year. And I said, "You bring your race car over." I said, "Drop it off." I said, "Go back over to Berlin and pick up that shell and get it over here." I said, "I'll have you back at the track by Saturday." And uh, I worked on it Monday till like nine o'clock at night. Tuesday worked on it till like midnight, and then Wednesday I worked on it. Uh, actually, I was by myself Wednesday night till like eleven o'clock, and he came over Thursday night after he got off work and picked it up. And took it home, brand new, brand new car, and uh, then he takes it out and wins the feature with it the first night out.
1: That's amazing. How do you find time to take care? First of all, are you in the automotive repair business? Yeah. How do you? Yeah, I
11: do f- mechanic work for a living every
1: day. <laughs> How do you find time to do all this and still be able to help your buddies?
11: It's uh, a lot of late nights in the garage. Um. Yeah, the relationship problems from time to time. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a lot of work, but I'm blessed. Uh, I've been working on cars and in, been in the garage since I was six years old. So, I I got a I, I I feel like I have a pretty vast knowledge on doing things, and what everybody tells me is I'm quick. So I guess that's a good trait. Um, I've just, I've built so many cars and have been around them so much, you know, I could tell you what size wrenches and stuff you need to tear, like pretty much any of them four cylinders over there apart. You know, I've built, I've probably built 15 or 20 cars in the last six, eight years. So, um, it's like anything. Once you, once you do it so much, you get, you get so good at it that it doesn't really take you as long as, you know, somebody who... Like if they be their first time doing it, you know, they're not going to obviously they're not going to know all the tricks and all the easy ways to do this and the easy ways to do that. You know, it's a a lot of it's a lot of experience.
1: Hold that thought. Fans, we're going to need to take a commercial break. We're talking to Casey Flegel, the 2020 Street Stock Champion, and we'll be back after these messages jennerstown speedway would like to thank the marketing
5: partners that made the 2020 racing season a memorable one martella's pharmacies stoystown auto records ron's collision center and auto sales farmers union co-op somerset trust company Stoney's Premium and Stoney's Light Beer, Kenny Ross Chevrolet, and all the sponsors of the 2020 racing season. Congratulations to the Jennerstown Speedway champions. Late model champion, Albert Francis. Modified champion, Anthony Aiello. Street stock champion, Casey Flegel. Charger champion, Dale Kimberly, Four cylinder champion, Jeff Vassos. And a special thank you to all the race fans who made the 2020 racing season at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex a successful one. We'll see you in 2021.
10: Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Wrappin' On Racing airs live Mondays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at iTunes Tune in Radio, Stitcher, RappingOnRacing.com, or Hulu Television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email wrappingonracing at gmail.com.
1: Fans, we're back. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Casey Flegel, the 2020 Street Stock Champion at Jennerstown Speedway. You know, Casey, with all these things you're doing, I'm going to ask a silly question. Do you have any hobbies? And if you do, how, how do you find time?
11: Um, pretty much, ra- pretty much racing and, uh, Nikki and I like to go side-by-side riding. Uh, I know the weather's kind of crappy now, but like two years, you know, when racing season's over, we wanted to do a little bit of kayaking, but it got so cold now that, uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Then with this COVID this year, that just really messed everything up. Yeah. Uh, wanted to take like a trip to the beach or something like that, but hopefully next summer we can hopefully next summer we can do a little bit more than just racing.
1: Now you mentioned Nikki, and oh, I think it was last year the year before I came over and you were busy and I wanted to get an interview and I said, well you're going to have to talk to my crew chief, and we never did get that interview, but she seems to be very involved in the sport. Now, uh, was she a racer when you met her, or did you indoctrinate her into the sport?
12: Uh, she.
11: Her her um family has a garage also, so she's been kinda like around cars her whole life too and then whenever we met, um, she started coming to the races with me and uh she enjoys it she enjoys it as well. So I don't think she enjoys it quite as much as I do because yeah. she she seems to she has to pick up all my slack while I'm doing them late nights in the garage and everything like that. Um But I definitely think that she enjoys being there and and watching me succeed at something that I love to do.
1: Well, I've said it many times. If the lady in your life is on board with this, it's going to be a good season. If she isn't, it's going to be a long summer, so you're very fortunate that Nikki uh, is part of your program. Now, excluding last Saturday, where you won the Heat to feature in the championship, would that have been your most memorable moment in racing? Is there something that stands out even more than that?
11: Um, winning winning the championship uh, was definitely uh, definitely a high point in my career. It's my first one. Um but there was another. There, probably, I would say there's two other. There's two other um, things that I've done in my career racing that uh, rank right up there with it. Um, I won on a at Thunder Valley one night for a little, little girl who had cancer. Um, got the trophy from her family and that and that was that was a very memorable moment. It was nice to have them there and get you know just. See them happy, you know. Even though it wasn't, it wasn't a happy time for them. But it, uh, if that makes any sense,
1: it does. And uh,
11: also in two thousand seventeen, um, when Izzy Beehun from Central City had um, she had cancer and was sick, um, and I had uh, Sean Beam actually had his door wrapped and had a picture of her on it, and they were going to auction it off. And, uh, I got a hold of Mike Sotosky and, uh, I said, Hey, I want to donate. I said, I want to get a hood wrapped and I want to donate it to be auctioned off as well. And, uh, Brian Lowry from BSL race Graphics, Um, he did the wrap up for me. He didn't charge me anything. Uh, we put that on that hood and they auctioned it off. That was on my PT cruiser and, uh, like three laps into the race uh cindy shawless ran out of gas in front of me or something happened her car quit running and she ended up getting into my left rear and i was turned around i was actually the the back end of the car was actually into the corner farther than the front end of the car but i saved it and never stopped on the track uh the left rear wheel was falling off and the left front wheel was flat the exhaust was dragging the track (laughs) uh and actually my uncle barry i stopped on the front stretch and he says, you got to come in the left rear wheel's falling off and the left front tire's flat and it's throwing sparks out. I said, It'll be all right. And he goes, Well, whatever <laughs> and uh I stayed out and I won the feature that night with that car messed up like that with that hood on for her. And uh between those three moments I would say that's the that's the top three that's the top three moments that I've had so far in my racing career.
1: That is pretty special hey we're we're coming up on a break here. I'd like you to take a minute to thank your sponsors and your pit crew. Um,
11: I want to thank uh, first of all uh Mark Musto for doing all the setup work on the car. Um, he comes down to the garage and in the, in there every week to help me out uh Hoyle and Keller and my brother cody they uh they're there every week to. To help me work on the car. Um, of course, Nikki for putting up with me through race season and through working on everybody else's stuff, not not only mine. Um, I want to thank my dad, Toes Auto, uh, my grandfather Jim Barron, Barron Trucking, um, Bob Arsenberger at Arsenberger Trucking, um, Southside Transfer, Shane Schaefer Incorporated, Team Force. Uh, Tom up at TriStar in Somerset, uh, Home Team Graphic, Memorial Highway Chevrolet, uh, who's on the back? Indian Lake Realty, um, Susan Moore in Central City, uh, Blackburn Marine Distributing, Elite Kitchen and Bath, Sheriff Brad Kramer, The Lodge at Indian Lake, uh, PA Public Safety, Fat Boys in Boswell, there's so many on, so many on there. There's so many people that make that make my race and operation go. It's, I really do need to make a uh, note card so I don't screw it up. Um, ChemStream, uh, Roof Garden Market, uh, Painters, Kettle Corn, uh, Yamato, Smoky Joe's Barbecue, Happy D's. I'm trying to think if I'm missing anybody. Uh, w. Jeffrey Carey anybody else if I forgot them I apologize sincerely I'm gonna I'm gonna do a big post on Facebook and I know I won't forget anybody whenever I do that um, I want to thank all the all the officials and the owners of the speedway um, for giving us a place to race this year it's definitely been a crazy year if you'd have told me in April May that we were gonna race this year I would have called you a liar because I honest to God thought that the season was going to be a wash. Uh, 2020 is definitely definitely going to go down in history as one of the craziest seasons probably that uh, a lot of people will ever experience in their lives.
1: I agree. And, and, you know, with so many sponsors, it's understandable that you may or may not have uh, overlooked somebody. But I want to close with this. Casey Flegel, not only the 2020 Street Stock Champion – but also a champion car builder who takes good care of his competitors. Casey, I want to thank you for being with us tonight and wish you good luck for the 2021 season. Thank you very much, buddy.
3: This portion of today's program was brought to you by Number One Cochrane Automotive. Tucumba's Meat Market is a full service, old fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania where they've been for over 50 years. They hand select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Thomas, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Thomas Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Pittsburgh's
4: Pennsylvania Motor Speedway is ready to wrap up the 2020 season, but not before the 32nd running of the Pittsburgher 100 coming this weekend, October 2nd and 3rd. This year featuring two complete shows. It all starts off on Friday, October 2nd when the Rush Late Model Touring Series descends on PPMS for the 3000 to win Bill Hendren Memorial. Also featuring the wildly popular One to Remember race for the Rush Late Models. Also on Friday's card are complete shows with heats and features the Admar Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Crawford Auto Repair 4 Cylinders, and the Always Safe Young Guns. Then on Saturday, we welcome the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series for the 32nd annual Pittsburgher 100. From hot laps to 100 laps, the biggest stars of late model racing will compete in a full night of racing for $20,000 to win. Also featuring the return of the Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series for the night number two of the Bill Hendren Memorial. Be sure to make your plans to attend the autumn tradition that is the Pittsburgher 100. Find out all the details about the Pittsburgher weekend, including camping, Cooler policies and more at ppms.com.
3: And now more rapping on Racing with your hosts Don Gamble and Jim Zufall.
4: Another beautiful Saturday night greeted fans at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway this past Saturday. And it was all about the Willie White Memorial for the Admar Pro Stocks that plus six or five other divisions, that is, the Admar Pro Stocks, of course, highlighting with a Willie White Memorial, but a lot of other racing went on on Saturday night, including our first topless show in quite a while, the topless 25 for the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late models. Uh, drivers took their roofs off and got to see the drivers' heads there as they went by the front stretch. And we had a winner in victory lane, and that was Michael Doritsky in the 90J car. Logan's Aaron coming across second. Mr. Jim's Aaron, Logan's father. Uh, winner of a couple of topless races down through the years here at PPMS is Logan Zaren. The Sun comes across in second place. Tommy Schoenhofer was third. Nico DeBecco in the 42D fourth. And fifth was Colby Behe. Rounding out the top ten were Tony White, Cassidy Kamiger, Eric Hamilton Jr., Christian Schneider, back in his very own m5 car and ben scott 21 year old gentleman out of delaware and uh, made the trek all the way to ppms and he finishes with a top 10 heats were won by ben police who had kind of a rough go and overheated in the feature he had to pull off but uh, no problem for police. He clinched the uh, championship, the 2020 Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Model Championship. Justin Lamb won the other heat race. Uh, police won the first one, Justin Lamb. Now, Lamb was not driving his 93X, but in fact driving the 64K out of the Cattellus camp. Drew catellus has been driving that, and uh, he agreed to, uh, Justin Lamb, that is, agreed to drive the 64K, and he won heat race number two. A very happy Mike Doritsky. Was down in Victory Lane and wrapping on racing's very own Tyler Harris, helping us out uh, with our Victory Lane duties at PPMS on Saturday night. Tyler Harris got to talk to Mike
13: Doritsky. Mike Doritsky Jr. Mike. What a race. I mean, it, it was just a matter of keeping your nose clean for 25 laps. There are a lot of cautions. Christian Snyder's leading the thing. Then before you know it, he goes up in smoke, and you're just the right person in line.
14: Yeah, that's for sure. I messed up on that restart and chose the top. and uh, He got around me. definitely had the better car. He would have won it, but uh, it worked out in our favor, so I can't complain. <laughs>
13: process of elimination you were just at the right place at the right time but you've been running strong here all year and finally it's paid off you got two wins at roaring knob this is your first one here this year a little bit extra money always helps too
2: yeah it definitely does this is one of the tracks where uh there's so many good guys here anybody could win any night and uh we've been fast every week just luck hasn't went in our favor but tonight it didn't so i can't be happier (laughs)
13: So, I mean, it doesn't seem like much, but when you go topless, um, it adds a little bit of extra in the atmosphere, if you will. I mean, it, I don't know. It's just a little bit more exciting. Um, does it seem that way for you, too, or is it pretty much just business as usual?
2: Yeah, it's, it's it's a lot different. I mean, you can see everything
14: going on. It just, it just feels totally different, but it's pretty cool, and uh, hopefully we can do another one
13: here soon. <laughs> well, I'm guessing you're going to be back next week for the uh, Rush Late Model Race as well?
14: Yeah, we'll be here for both of them, yeah
13: it's got to be a big confidence boost for you fans, let's give it up for the 90J Mike Driski Jr., your feature winner joined here now by your 2020 track champion, this was decided as soon as he pulled onto to the speedway earlier this evening, he sealed up the point steal. here he is your 2020 crate late model champion, Ben Police Ben, not the luck that you wanted this evening, had some motor issues, tell me what was going on there
14: no it uh you know we pulled out there we had a had a decent car and uh pressure light came on didn't really know what was going on you know oil temp water temp was running all right and uh that last restart you know it temperature started to spike and i could feel it misting on me so we pulled in and uh brand new radiator we put in this week and punched a hole right through it so hopefully we didn't hurt the engine or anything and we can be good to go for next weekend
13: I should say, you've been so good here all year long. I mean, you've been consistent. You've been up towards the front. You've won a lot as well. Um, didn't go your way tonight, but that didn't stop you from winning the championship. This has to feel good. Which one is this now, number two?
14: Yeah, we uh, we went back-to-back. Back. We won last year and won this year. So, I mean, it feels good as long as, as long as everything's all right and we can run decent next weekend. It's just, uh, you know, not, not the night we wanted, but, you know, we still wrapped up the championship, so it can't be
13: too mad. There's got to be a ton of sponsors that you like to thank. We hear them enough. You're in victory lane enough, but let's hear those sponsors because we can't thank them enough for everyone, everything that everyone does here at the track.
14: Yeah, I mean, you got to thank Producers Supply Company, TJD Energy Services, Carnival Properties, Lee's Plumbing and Excavating, Hayden Excavating, Quality Machine Company, uh, Carrier Resources, and uh, you know, i, I got to thank thank all my family that, that comes out and supports me. You know, my fiancée, she lets me pretty much disappear the whole summer and stay in the garage and you know my crew chief sean phillips he almost lost his leg last week but he uh he made it through there and and, you know travis came on board this year so i gotta gotta thank all them
13: guys you know it's can't do without them without sponsors and crew it's not possible ladies and gentlemen let's hear for your 2020 champion ben police The
4: Willie White Memorial, that's the show everyone was there for. Chris Schneider, wow. Chris Schneider, as I said all night long, doing Chris Schneider things, and that is showing up at the front of the field all night long. Schneider picked up a heat race uh, along with Noah Brunel, picking up heat race number two. It should be noted, Noah Brunel also, he – he finished fast in the dash uh, schneider won the dash but brunel was our fast timer on saturday night too as we qualified the uh, admar pro stocks for the willie white memorial uh no brunel a scratch for the feature unfortunately so brunel and schneider win the heat races dash went to schneider as i said the champion uh, for the admar pro stocks was the 114 car now that car is sort of shared by dave mcmanus and daryl charlier it's owned by ben uh, ben laboon and uh, charlier and mcmanus sort to share the driving duties so that car comes across as your 2020 champion for the Admar Pro Stocks. Chris Schneider, as I said, was your winner then Daryl Charlier in the 114. Jordan Perkins, Nick Kachuba and Jason Fosnott make up your top five. Randy Wyant, Jimmy Fosnott in the 20J car finished seventh. Ryan Moyer, who had a crack at the championship, but not to be. He finished in eighth. Ninth was Bill Robertson and Chase Lambert in the 22 JR, finishing in 10th position. And Chris Schneider, once again, doing Chris Schneider things, and one of those things is standing in victory lane, and he had an opportunity to talk to Tyler Harris. Before we kick it down to Tyler Harris uh, with your winner, Chris Schneider, we to let you know there was a cash bonus, of course, for your dash winner, but also for your hard charger, and your hard charger tonight is the 11T of Randy Wyant. Tyler Harris, it's all you, my man. Gentlemen, he just climbed out of the
13: car. He's shaking hands. Give it up for your feature winner, the winner of the Willie White Memorial, Chris Schneider. Chris, I talked to you earlier. You said you got to start on the pull of the dash, hit all your marks, and you're going to win, and you're going to look good, you know, as long as you do everything correctly. You start on the pull of the feature. I guess your advice carries over to that as well. You find yourself in victory lane.
15: Hey, we're here. The car's a little tight, but uh, i seen Daryl getting underneath me, and you know, normally you run the outside of this place, and wind up, the groove is kind of through the middle and kind of sweeping up to the outside, but I picked up on that, and, uh, you know, I just kept it in front of Charlier. I think he'd have yeah, he started up front. He had been tough to beat, but hey, we started in front of him. And I kept it up there.
13: That's it. He was all over you for a while there, especially on those restarts. There was a lot of action going on behind you. I know it's kind of hard for you to see these things on have mirrors, but there were some things going on back there. But as you said, just keep it nice and smooth. Keep it consistent. Hit your marks. It'll all work out.
15: Yeah, that's that's the deal. Pretty much like you said, just hit your marks. Keep it out front.
13: Winning these checks is nice, you know these big checks, and uh, the money's nice too. But winning a race in memorial of somebody is always better, and especially when it comes to Willie White, uh, pretty much a track legend here. This one has to feel good. Yeah, that's great. We, we like to
15: honor him. He was a nice guy, a great guy. People loved him. Uh, I, I never really, unfortunately, got a chance to meet him, but uh, it's it's cool. He runs, you know, ran runs the same number that I do, or actually, I'm running his number. I guess you could say since he was here first, but I. Uh, uh, Want to you know thank his family and thank all his, uh, all the people that cared about the guy and thank for the racetrack for putting this on. Uh, thank Bob Walters for keeping my motors together. This one's still lasting from last year, built out of a bucket of junk. Uh, Mom and Dad, it's their 40th anniversary, so uh, you know, happy anniversary, Mom and Dad.
13: <laughs> happy yeah. yeah, it's my birthday too. Oh, today's your birthday. Yeah. yeah. Today is Chris Schneider's birthday. He wins on his birthday. Give it up for his birthday as well. Oscar also tells me uh, that's five in a row. Wow. I wasn't cotton. I, he pays
15: more attention to that than me. I, I just focus on holding the wheel, but that's, that's awesome. Thank you.
13: Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for your feature winner and birthday boy, Chris Schneider, winner of the Willie White Memorial.
4: Other racing during the evening. We had, once again, the Rush Sportsman Modifieds on hand. The heat race went to Chaz Wolbert out of Warren, Ohio. Chaz Wolbert also took the feature win with Cole Holden. Dayden Cipriano, Tony Tattenhurst, Chelsea Crickets, Jacob Jordan, Dave Price, Gage Priester, and Nathan McDowell rounding out the field. In the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, things were pretty well wrapped up. All Stephen Sheltman had to do was effectively show up, and that's what he did. He showed up, he took the championship, and he took the victory as well. Joe Anthony driving the 221K car, normally driven by Carly Kovacs, finished second. Gary Catellis in the car, normally driven by Cody Cattellis, finished third. John Kane in the 06, and Matt Bernard in the 15B were your, made up your top five. Ed Schultman, Kayla McManus, Ben Anton, Bry, uh, rather it was Jacob Weiser tonight, uh, Saturday night rather, in the OU2, and Chloe Jones in the 5J, brand new to PPMS, been driving since she was five years old, young lady, just a teenager, and she finishes with a top ten in the Keystone Coach Works Hobby Stocks. In the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders, it was Philip Bubeck coming across, uh, not as your winner now. Actually, he was the winner. Uh, Philip Bubeck was in the 2L car. Uh, Bill Tennant was your leader for a good part of the race. Tennant fell back to fifth place after some late race trouble. Bubeck comes across as your feature winner and your champion for the 2020 season for the Crawford Auto Repair, four cylinders. April Tennant was second. Kyle Janis, Susie Rudolph, Bill Tennant rounded out the top five. And in another family affair, Noah Bubeck is your champion of the Always safe traffic control young guns, Noah Bubeck, 100% on the season as he finished and won every single race he entered this year, and he's been there every uh, every week, and he's been in victory lane every week as well. So he is your championship, he's your champion, rather, picks up the championship in the always safe young guns. Noah Bubeck uh, bested Wyatt Mock, Dylan Clip, Cameron Hollister, and Amanda McGill. And that is a wrap for Saturday night at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway this coming weekend, Friday and Saturday. It's the way we normally wrap up the season with the annual Pittsburgher 100. It's the 32nd annual this year. A little different format for 2020, as everything this year has been different for sure. As we go into the 2020 season, or the 2020 Pittsburgher, it is a two-day show, two spe two complete shows, not just qualifying one night and feature races the next, but two complete shows. The first night is October 2nd. That's Friday when we welcome the Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series for night one of the Bill Hendren Memorial. That's a 3000 to win for the Rush Dirt Late Model Tour Cars. Then uh, the One to Remember race, which is a non-winner's race for anyone who's ever driven a Rush late model or a limited late model of any sort of steel block. Anyone who's never won a race like that will race in the One to Remember race. Also, other four divisions will be in competition with heats and features for the hobby stocks the Pro Stocks, the Young Guns, and the four cylinders as well. That's Friday. Then Saturday night, we welcome the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, the stars and cars of one of the biggest series in the country. All the stars from around the country will be here on October 3rd at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Hot Laps to 100 Laps. It's a 100-lap feature event paying $20,000 to win. Camping is available uh, there are cooler policies. Things are a little different for the Pittsburgher, so you'll want to go to ppms.com and find out all the information, including ticket prices, gate times, and everything else for the annual. And this one is the 32nd annual Pittsburgher 100, and that all happens on October 2nd and 3rd, this coming Friday and Saturday. You definitely want to be here for that at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor
3: Speedway. Reporting for Wrapping on Racing, I'm Jim Zufall. This portion of today's program is brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor
4: Speedway is ready to wrap up the 2020 season, but not before the 30-second running of the Pittsburgher 100 coming this weekend, October 2nd and 3rd. This year, featuring two complete shows, it all starts off on Friday, October 2nd, when the Rush Late Model Touring Series descends on PPMS for the 3,000-to-win Bill Hendren Memorial, also featuring the wildly popular One-to-Remember Race for the Rush Late Models. Also on Friday's card are complete shows with heats and features For the Admar Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coach Works Hobby Stocks, the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders, and the Always Safe Young Guns. Then on Saturday, we welcome the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series for the 32nd Annual Pittsburgher 100. From hot laps to 100 laps, the biggest stars of late model racing will compete in a full night of racing for $20,000 to win. Also featuring the return of the Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series for the night number two of the Bill Hendren Memorial. Be sure to make your plans to attend the autumn tradition that is the Pittsburgher 100. Find out all the details about the Pittsburgher weekend, including camping, cooler
8: policies, and more at ppms.com. Number one Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, number one Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopouls. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers, unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on Number One Cochrane Sales and Service, go to Cochran.com. Joining me at the Commonwealth Clash after
2: the race in the pits, uh, tonight's winner, David Gravel. Sometime in, in racing, they say you had to be lucky, and uh, you were—you know—got up to second place, and with about five to go, uh, Sheldon had a you know, six-plus second lead, and. A, a tire exploded generally at Lernerville we don't have typically those long runs there's generally a caution bit you know to go 32 laps or th- actually probably 33 laps and then have a you know your, was your it was his misfortune was your luck
16: yeah for sure uh had a little uh racing luck there and lucky to get into second there so when that happened I got the lead so uh it's pretty difficult to pass James he was pretty fast so I uh, was happy to get the job done there and put me in position to win the race the track throughout that that you know that thirty-three lap run, did you see the track change at all? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it it, uh, it, it changed. I mean, the bottom it was tacky and it got slicker and slicker. I mean, the top and one and two was pretty good, but uh, three and four just got super slow and just lost a lot of grip and just the pace slowed down quite a bit. In this crazy year of 2020, for the first, you know, you guys had
2: speed weeks and then we sat idle for, you know, a few months. And now you've gone, you guys have run, you know, some five straight days, which for an outlaw schedule. And it, I know the Eldora race wasn't technically an outlaw race, but yep. to run that many consecutive nights, I'm sure it's going to be good to get home. But you're not heading home, you're heading back out to Central PA.
16: Yeah, you know, it's part of it, but uh, we need to make up some races. Uh you know, we're still going to be down about 30 races from last year. So we're not complaining. We're happy to w- race for good money. And, uh, uh, you know, there's only four more weekends left, I believe, after this. So uh, season's come to an end, and lucky to get wins when we can. I-, I heard you in victory lane, and one of the things I've been following the last couple of
2: nights, you know, it- it's been Logan up front most of the year, then Brad's kind of, you know, taking a-, a little bit of the lead bit. You're slowly but surely chopping that in. And as a as a competitor. The season is not over, and the point title is not over. To that last race, or you know, hopefully it'll be at Charlotte. There's we, who knows about that.
16: Yeah, you know, uh, you know, we were within eight points, and then we had two bad nights here the last two nights, and then uh, made up for some of it tonight. So uh, going to Williams Grove, a track that I'm really confident at, and he's okay at. So we'll see. Uh, we're just gonna run the best we can every night and see where we end up. That's a big payday out there, I believe. Yeah, 75 grand at Williams Grove, definitely. Uh, Hopefully we can contend, at least have a chance. As long as we got a shot, that's all you could ask for. Well, David, congratulations
2: on the win tonight here at Lernerville. Win. Best of luck the rest of the season, and good luck out in Williams Grove this coming
8: weekend.
16: Thank you. Appreciate it.
8: Thank you. The 39th edition of the National Speedway Directory book has info on over 1,200 racing facilities. Detailed information with addresses, exact directions, phone numbers, websites, nights of operation, and types of racing are included in this handy paperback book. There are also listings for sanctions, publications, museums, and schedules. The National Speedway Directory is essential in planning vacations and race outings in advance. The fourth edition of the History of America Speedways has updated information on over 9,000 auto racing facilities that have existed since the dawn of the automobile. There is data on the town they were located, various names, sizes of each track, and years operated. This hardcover book covers oval tracks, road courses, and track strips, and has photos spread throughout. For more information on these two must-have books, call 847-853-0294 or order online at speedwaysonline.com.
2: We're in the pits uh, after race with tonight's winner up at Thunder Mountain, Scott Blumquist. Scott, you've, you've won multiple races, but how good does it feel for probably the first time in a year, and maybe with the Outlaws, to be out there in the you know park the zero in Victory
17: Lane? Oh, I mean it's a it's just a huge relief, you know, to get that behind us. You know, I've been battling my. Surgery, And uh, since I had my accident, we've had two surgeries and, you know, battling a numb leg and, and foot. And, you know, it's getting better. And, you know, so, you know, I'm getting better. You know, I mean, you got you to, if you can't feel your leg and foot, it's, it's hard sometimes to gauge what you're doing with it.
2: It's ironic because you know I, I you know you were at the firecracker. I know you had some leg issues back then, and and people say what's wrong with Scott Bloomquist, but I don't think a lot of people realize the severity of your injuries. And you know, for like my some of my
17: age, and you're not far behind. You don't heal in your fifties like you do when you're twenty. That ain't no doubt. You know, there's no doubt. And I, you know, it's funny though. You know, I don't feel like I'm fifty. In my mind, I'm not, you know, but your body reminds you of it, and you know it's hard to bounce back is like it used to be, and uh, and again it was pretty serious surgery, you know, and you know the the shattered knee and the you know and the hip both, so it, it was just difficult, a little more difficult than I thought it'd be. I thought I'd be back, you know, a lot quicker, but. Um, and I'm not, a, I mean, I'm not 100%, but I'm, I'm capable of doing my job the, the way I need to now. I think
2: from a standpoint, when, as a driver, if you can't feel the throttle and, you, and your foot goes numb, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in that next turn. And, I mean, I, I think you alluded to that in victory lane tonight with the fans, and it's just, that's an odd feeling. Like, if, I guess maybe it's like pins and needles, but it's more we're, we're,
17: we're severe. Well, I, I mean, actually, like I said, I, I had my foot slide off the throttle, Because I didn't really, couldn't really feel it, didn't know where it was was really at, you know, so, you know, we just, uh, we just keep on uh, letting it heal up, and like I said, I'm getting more feeling back every week, and, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we got a lot of fight left in us. Uh, Scott we'll always has fight, but
2: just, you have an uncanny ability when you go to a new racetrack, and this is a new racetrack for you, let alone for the outlaws, to like. and, and maybe if I'm wrong, I think your percentage
17: is somewhere like in this 70 percentage. Some percentage, yeah. We're in this in the 73, 4% for my entire career, which is, you know, even Eldora, we went there the first time and won the World 100, and I, I don't know what it is, but but i Maybe I, I get up for new places a little more and, and don't have any preconceived notions or, or, or I just go with my gut all night. I don't really think about what I did the last time I was there.
2: In the thousands of races that you won, I'm sure you've had a car multiple times where it's just good. And you were good in time trials, you were good in the heat and leading all 50 laps. That's something that hasn't happened in, in your book in quite some time.
17: Yeah, no, the car's good, and we, you know, we've been doing a lot of testing and uh, playing with some new things with it, and and the car's reacted well, and we're just going to keep working at it. Uh, we got, we just begun to fight.
2: Do you think uh, with this crazy year that we've had, that you got behind the eight ball with your injury and just testing?
17: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's been a very odd year. I mean, I, I really. I guess it wasn't, you know, having my surgery this year and then this year being kind of messed up like it was. Um, I guess I'd say I'd rather it happened this year than a year when I was in my, you know, just at my best, you know, and you you didn't get to race as much as you want. But, you know, I got some breaks and, and we got a little time off and I got some time to heal up a little bit and, uh, you know, it's helped, so. If there was a good time, I guess this year is as good as it could get.
2: Well, congratulations on the win to and best of luck tomorrow night. Thank you. Thanks, Scott.
3: This portion of today's program was brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Thomas, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Thomas Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020.
8: Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact fine. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. And now, back to more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tom Lang. Folks, it's time to
1: talk drag racing with Tom Lang. Tom, good evening. How are you? Good evening,
18: Don. It's a pleasure to join you, as always.
1: Thank you. I'm going to lead into your report with uh, my favorite Western movie, Clint Eastwood, was The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And I understand you got some good some bad, and some ugly to talk about this week. Why don't we start with the good?
18: Don, I think the good is the place to start. I was at Keystone Raceway Park this weekend for the IHRA Division Three Bracket Finals, and it was definitely a good time for all. Uh, the Bracket Finals is the event that the racers who race at their local track each week in and out during the season look forward to all year long. Each track in a division assembles a team of 40 racers from the various classes that compete at their track to send that team to the finals, which has been held at Keystone Raceway every year since 2006. At the finals, those racers represent their track in an attempt for their team to be crowned champions of a division. Also, the drivers that win each of the five classes at the finals Earned the right to head to Memphis in a couple of weeks to race for an IHRA World Championship. One of the coolest parts of this deal is that these racers have competed against each other all season while trying to win a track championship in their res- respective classes. At the bracket finals, they are competing together against drivers from other tracks. The race officials go to great lengths to make sure that racers are not paired up with cars from their own track until they get to the later rounds where that may be unavoidable. So drivers who have been rivals all season are now teammates rooting for each other. The drivers from each track are all pitted together and supporting each other. Uh, most of the teams are for some sort of a potluck dinner or a team barbecue where they can all eat together. The teams each have a designated portion of the grandstands so they can sit together. And they decorate that grandstand in a certain theme that the team agrees upon ahead of time. The tracks in Division Three are Keystone, Thompson, Quaker City, Dragway 42, Beaver Springs, Empire, and Lancaster. Dragway 42 came into the event as a two-time defending champions, and they were in the thick of the battle until the end, but Quaker City just kept picking up one round win after another, garnered enough points, they took the 2020 team championship. As part of this event, the track operators have a meeting where they decide, among other things, where the bracket finals will be held the following year. It was decided this year that Dragway 42 will host the race in 2021. Congratulations to Quaker City Motorsports Park, for their championship. And congratulations to Dragway 42 for earning the right to hold the event next year. And might I add, thanks to Greg Miller and his staff at Keystone Raceway Park for the great job they've done over the past 14 years holding this event. It is a lot of work, it's a lot of pressure. Although I know the Keystone Racers love to be able to race in this event at their home track, I'll bet Greg and his staff will enjoy being able to go to the race at 42 next year and just relax and race.
1: So what's next, the bad or the ugly?
18: How about both? Uh, Some bad things are happening at NHRA, and it'll get ugly before it's over. We all know that the year 2020 has been tough, and it has been particularly difficult for the NHRA. Their schedule has been disrupted And unlike most other sports that can rely on television revenue to help them through the tough times of no spectators at the races, the NHRA has to buy the TV time to air their races. So TV doesn't make them any money, it costs them money. I mentioned before that John Force opted to sit out the rest of the season because he could not deliver the exposure that his sponsors are accustomed to, both in TV time and the spectators at the races. The NHRA is suffering from diminished income, to the point that they've already cut the purses for the professional classes once, purses that weren't even close to covering the expenses of the teams to begin with. The NHRA was negotiating with PRO, the organization that represents the professional teams that compete in NHRA, for yet another cut in purses. Before those negotiations were complete, the NHRA announced that additional cut to the Pro purses, which will now pay fifteen thousand dollars to win in the two Nitro classes and six thousand to win pro stock. Most numbers that I have heard put the cost of one run in a top-tier funny car or top fuel dragster at fifteen grand. That's one pass, fifteen thousand dollars. So obviously fifteen thousand dollars to win is going to hurt these teams, and it's going to hurt the car counts, which have been down significantly in the past few years. Pro has been working with their members to make sure there are full fields at the remaining races. On top of all of that, their major sponsor, Mellow Yellow, which is owned by Coca-Cola, has told the NHRA that they will pull out of their sponsorship agreement at the end of this year, two years before the deal was set to expire. So NHRA decided that they would sue Coca-Cola to enforce their contract. I hate to say it, but that's about the dumbest thing I think they could do here. One, chances are that there's some kind of language in that contract that would allow Coca-Cola to opt out if they didn't get what was promised to them. And diminished TV time and a lack of spectators would probably fit that bill. And you can bet that a major corporation like Coca-Cola... Has some pretty good lawyers. Two, what chance do you think NHRA is going to have to land another sponsorship deal when they're suing their current sponsor? There is a report that the folks at Camping World are reaching out to NHRA about a deal. Camping World is the sponsor of the truck series in NASCAR, so they're no strangers to motorsport sponsorships. But after dealing with the NASCAR folks who have proven themselves over the years, on giving sponsors a return on their investment, I'm afraid the NHRA management's going to come up short. They've come up short for their racers and their fans for years because they're more concerned with protecting their cushy jobs and overinflated salaries. NHRA management has shown themselves to be somewhat inept in how they've handled the sport in the last 10-plus years. I'll be shocked if they can pull out a save on this one. And I'm sorry for being so negative about this. I've always tried to be supportive of NHRA, but I really think they're stepping on their own foot on this. And frankly, I'm not optimistic about how this is going to turn out.
1: That is ugly. Hey, do you have anything on your schedule for this week?
18: Uh, actually, I'm off this week for a family function, but next week I'll be traveling to Benson, North Carolina for the PDRA race at Colot Motorsports Park. During Thursday testing, Kurt Stedding and John Camp We'll run the final round of the heavyweight eight race from Dragway 42 two weeks ago. And hopefully we'll be able to keep the winning streak alive for the P2 Contracting Pro Mod in the PDRA event.
1: All right, Tom. Did we cover everything? you have any closing thoughts?
18: No, I think that's going to cover it for now.
1: Great report. I thank you. You have a nice evening. You do the same,
18: Don. Thanks. This portion of
6: Wrappin' on Racin' is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, jennerstown.org.
8: Number one Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, number one Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zillianople. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boost Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochrane. When he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochrane sales and service, go to Cochrane.com.
5: Jennerstown Speedway would like to thank the marketing partners that made the 2020 racing season a memorable one Martella's Pharmacies, Stoystown Auto Records, Ron's Collision Center and Auto Sales. Farmers Union Co-op Somerset Trust Company Stoney's Premium and Stoney's Light Beer Kenny Ross Chevrolet And all the sponsors of the 2020 racing season Congratulations to the Jennerstown Speedway Champions Late Model Champion Albert Francis Modified Champion Anthony Aiello Street Stock Champion Casey Flegel Charger Champion Dale Kimberly four-cylinder champion jeff Vassos, and a special thank you to all the race fans who made the 2020 racing season at the jennerstown speedway complex a successful one we'll see you in 2021
8: and now back to don gamble and more wrapping on racing
1: all right fans don gamble dave oliveri and robert johnson are at the eastern Museum of Motorsports Racing, and we're going to talk to Lynn Paxton, and I'm going to have Dave kick it off with the question on how it all started. And that's going to be the question, you know, we've here, and obviously throughout the course of
2: the afternoon, this has been in, in segments, but yes. the originals thing, it was, somebody well,
12: came it, up with the idea. It, actually, it was a jack gun thing that started probably in 1974. Uh, he was, of course, the promoter at Williams Grove. And he was interested in getting some of the old folks back, the Henderschitzes and the Chitwoods and the, you know, uh, the people that raced there and and made history there. So he proposed the Williams Grove Old Timers Club, which was a -a once-a-year weekend at the Grove, inviting the old fans and the old owners and stuff and and bringing restored race cars. And the first one was held in 1975, very successful. And then it just grew in leaps and bounds up until 1980. I'm sorry to say Jack Gunn got sick and died of cancer and uh, with him, the old-timers were going to uh, go too because there was nothing other than just a drawer, okay, there was no financial difference or anything. Four of us, the problem is I'm the only one still living of those four, uh, said no, this is a good thing and what we did is we formed an organization. We uh, we have bylaws and everything, and and our intent was, first of all, uh, we wanted to have a place to call our own. Originally, we planned to uh, buy maybe an acre or two at Williams Grove, but we found out real quick that Morgan Hughes was not going to sell us any land over there. My father, who was born and raised here in Latimer Township, said, why don't you buy the old Latimer Valley Fairgrounds? that operated from 1925 to 1940 as a racetrack. And then they ran an auction house here right up into the fifties. So I, when we got turned down over there, uh, we came over and looked over here and the old fairgrounds is still very visible here. Old original building and they had never tilled the, the track and stuff. You know, it was trees grown up, but it was here. And we contacted the people that owned it. And, uh, They were interested in selling. So what we did is uh, we entered into a contract with them for nine months. Uh, uh, I forget what you call it when you you enter into an agreement and you have a period of time to check and make sure that you can do what you want to do as far as local officials and stuff. So over the next nine months, we checked with the local community, told them we wanted to rebuild the old fairgrounds, revive the old fair have events there, and initially build the museum. Well, they were—they thought it was a great idea. So in essence, we bought it. Uh, we actually purchased it in, in uh, the beginning of 82. And then we started restoring We had no money uh, because when Jack died, the money was all gone. I remember the first meeting we had afterwards. We all threw, I think, $20 in the pot. Uh, the, the, the group that met And that paid for our incorporation money And then the next Next uh, we, We'd meet once a month the Next time we met we, we absolutely had no money So seven of us joined as life members That gave us $700 Now this is 1982 And uh, We had the public records here it, You can see it all And that's how we started As far as buying the fairgrounds uh, I just looked, I think it was $27,500 to buy the fairgrounds. What year was that, Len? 82, 1982. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go in chronological order here. Uh, so we didn't have any money, and there was nobody going to loan us any money that had any sense. But Bob Benchoff, a uh, gentleman who I dealt with, I drove for, and who was quite a collector in his own right, he said, I'll put the money up. Don't worry about it. So I remember our first work party. Uh, we had no money, but we had all kinds of people showed up with all kinds of equipment. People camped down here out along the creek. And and uh, I, I got films I can show it to you. It's unbelievable. In essence, every time we did something, uh, the people just rolled out. And then as we held events, the first two events we held was an open house in 83, and another one in 84. The reason they were called open houses is we had no bridge to get across to where we could have public parking. We finally got the bridge done, so we revived the fair in 85. Uh, then uh, our first fair, we had all the politicians here. We got all kind of things from the state and federal government saying that, that we did this with no federal or state money. In other words, volunteer deal, and that's the key to it. Now, uh, with our little problems we have now, I'm going to play that tape and let them figure that out. Our our agreement has not changed. Uh, In other words, we still use the same, this is what we're doing, and we've done it. We've expanded the museum. We built the museum in 1989. We've expanded it four times, and we're way too small again. Uh, We've got to do another major expansion at the museum and also storage so uh we're uh, we're working on it we really are Lynn, would there be a, a, a one particular mission statement
2: that you could tell the listeners that this is why the museum is here
12: yeah we're a public organization and our our deal is to educate the general public to the history of auto racing okay, through a museum, having artifacts and a and, and library and everything. We're just historians, and we're just trying to tell a story of what transpired before.
1: If you're just joining us, we're talking to Lynn Paxton, and we're at the Eastern Museum of Motor Racing. We need to take a commercial break. We'll be back after these messages.
6: This portion of Wrapping on Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, Jennerstown.org.
3: Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Thomas, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Thomas Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania
4: Motor Speedway is ready to wrap up the 2020 season, but not before the 30-second running of the Pittsburgher 100 coming this weekend, October 2nd and 3rd. This year, featuring two complete shows, it all starts off on Friday, October 2nd, when the Rush Late Model Touring Series descends on PPMS for the 3,000-to-win Bill Hendren Memorial, also featuring the wildly popular One-to-Remember Race for the Rush Late Models. Also on Friday's card are complete shows with heats and features for... Or the Admar Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Crawford Auto Repair 4 Cylinders, and the Always Safe Young Guns. Then on Saturday, we welcome the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series for the 32nd annual Pittsburgher 100. From hot laps to 100 laps, the biggest stars of late model racing will compete in a full night of racing for $20,000 to win. Also featuring the return of the Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series for the night number two of the Bill Hendren Memorial. Be sure to make your plans to attend the autumn tradition that is the Pittsburgher 100. Find out all the details about the Pittsburgher weekend, including camping, cooler policies and more at ppms.com and now back to don gamble and
8: more wrapping on racing
1: we're back fans if we were at the museum talking to lynn paxton and i didn't ask him about his driving career I don't think they'd let me come back. Lynn, a little bit about your career. We've seen a lot of pictures, a lot of history. This place is amazing. I mean, it's like some of the stuff with Mario Andretti, but I want to talk about your career, because you got to race with uh,
12: a family member of mine, Lynn Geisler. Yes. But when did it all start? Well, you got to remember I was born and raised on Route 15, four miles from Williams Grove. My father had the last garage in Autocourt on the way to the Grove. So in the late 40s and early 50s i got to see these guys going to the race and stopping there for gas and staying so i thought hey this just looks pretty neat all these race cars and stuff so uh, i got to pedal on my bike and going to williams grove boy am i glad i didn't live next to a pig farm i'd probably like pigs the rest of my life but as it was i grew up next to williams grove and uh it it just bit me my father was raced a little bit too and he ran Williams Grove, I think, in 1941, and uh, he was quite a collector in in old cars and stuff. Which I still am. I still have some of my dad's cars. So it kind of all fit together. I like history, and uh, I, you know, I, I like auto racing. I've been when they put me in the ground. I still like it. What type of car did you start in? Well, uh, my first ride was at Silver Spring Speedway. Uh, was in a mechanics race an old class a flathead we worked we helped fred putney uh who had a pretty good car over there and the mechanics race was after the feature and they left me run the car and i run second in that and which i was pretty good because the guy that won it had raced before and i had just a smart kid i didn't do anything and i must have scared the crap out of everybody because None of the guys would talk to me. So right then and there, I knew I didn't want to work on them. I wanted to drive them, too. So that's where it started, really. Would this have been an old coupe? This would have been a 34 Ford 3 window coupe with a Class A flathead in it. And then they had a, next year, they started a claiming division over there. Uh, You could run anything you wanted. It paid uh, maybe, I think it paid $5 to win a heat race, maybe $25 or $30 to win the feature. But they wanted to keep the price down, so it was a claiming race. If you were in it and and you won, anybody in the race could claim your car for one hundred twenty nine dollars.
1: So That's, that was to keep the guys honest. Now, uh, after the uh, the old coupe, uh, did you spend any time in like the thirty by ninety or the oh. super modified? Oh sure, uh,
12: I I ran uh, I ran at Silver Springs, and then I ended up. Having a car of my own, uh, just an old beater that we put together in my garage, and and uh, we went pretty good. And then I got a chance to buy a real race car, and uh, we put that together and didn't go bad in it. And then I was lucky enough to get enough experience that uh, Harold Hank Hank's Auto Parts uh, had a had a super modified injected Chevy, and uh, he left his driver go and. I asked him if I could drive it, and he said yes. So that was my first super modified ride. And uh, I ran for him for a couple of years. I ran late models at the same time, duels, and we were pretty successful at that. Then I went to the Air Force for the beginning of '70, '65, excuse me. And when I came back, I had a brand new CA race car. A gentleman named Marie Smith had that, and uh, we had Holman Moody Fords in it. And uh, we won our first features at the Grove, I think, back-to-back in 1965 of that. So I ran that car for a couple of years. And then I ended up with the Emmerich Chevrolet, Mr. Emmerich, Bobby Allen, and I. And then after Emmerich's passing, I ended up driving for Bob bench off a little bit. And uh, I drew Maynard Boop and uh, Al Hamilton. So I had some pretty good car owners in, in my lifetime. We're talking...
1: To Lynn Paxton at the Eastern Museum of Motorsports Racing, 1960. I was a young kid. I went to Greater Pittsburgh Speedway. Larry Dixon was riding there. Lou Blaney, uh, Dave Lundy. I mean, all the good drivers. And I watched Lou in a super modified. And the next year, he came with a Travis chassis. Yeah. And even a young kid with no brain said, "This
12: is going to change racing." Yeah. Well, actually, Lou had the first. Travis Sprint car, uh, matter of fact, the car still exists. Okay, it's in Ohio, uh, and uh, Lou was—he was the man. As in later on, Dave's first ride was also a Travis car, and uh, I had a new Travis car in '69. It was actually the first Sprint car we owned. But uh, you know, Floyd and Ronnie built really good cars in Ohio, and and uh, there was a period of time they were probably the best around here.
1: And they build them in a two-car garage.
12: Tell me about it. I know. Uh, but if you ever went to Hildegard's shop, which is a little two-car garage behind his house and built tremendous stuff out of there, it didn't surprise me at all. When you have talent, I don't care where it is. You just—they just They just can't build a lot of them because they have no room to put them. they got to do one or two at a time.
1: My only trip to Indy was in 61. I later found out that when Foyt won the race, that was in a Trevis car.
12: It was was a combination. Uh, Travis had rebuilt it after the wreck, and uh, I think it was a Watson, and then Floyd rebuilt it, so they kind of called it a a Travis kind of a Watson. Okay, it's kind of how it ended up.
2: Lynn, as we were walking through the museum this afternoon, one of the things, and just in your conversation, that the way things have changed over the course of the years... Back in the day, like you said, you drove for people. And, yes. and today's, for for someone to be a, a, a car owner and to, let's just say hire that hired gun, that's like unheard of now.
12: No, it still happens. It's just those, uh, there was a period of time when there was drivers looking for rides and there was owners who wanted to, to give them the ride, you know problem is those big time rides have uh, have dried up. So there's 20 drivers trying to get that one ride. So it's it's very difficult on today's market. But 30, 35 years ago, there was a lot of owners around. But the problem is the cost of racing. Uh, you know, it used to be if you had a good year, you could break even. I, I'm going to tell you one story. Uh, Bobby and Alan and I, of course, ran for Roy Emmerich, who was very well known around here, I mean Chevrolet, and uh, we won 42 races one year. I think he won 21, I won 21, track championship, what have you. And we always had a meeting at the end of the year, and that told us what we were going to do the next year. And our Mr. Emmerich came in and said, well, I just went over the books, and you know, you guys lost $5,000 this year, two cars all year. We can't have another bad year like that. Boy, if people hear that today, they would just have a heart attack.
2: Lynn, being from the area, how special is it to have the historic tracks you near know, the Port Royals, the Williams Grove, and and when we talk about, we'll say, sprint car racing, the PA Posse, no matter where, if it's the All-Star Sprints or the World of Outlaws, they come in. They This has been an ongoing event for or not? I don't want to say event, but for these drivers with
12: for the posse 40 years,
2: for yeah. forty years now.
12: Well, that 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 posse against the outlaws was all a phrase that was coined by the media back back in the day. Okay, I mean there you got the outlaws, which somebody questioned that name. So, what better name to put on somebody would be the posse? In essence, that was us. Uh, it it was all a media hype thing. I respected the outlaws. Uh, I traveled with them a little bit. You know, we had fun together. I respect them as racers. But you know what? It was kind of fun to beat them now and then, too. So, uh, again, that was a media hype from 40 years ago, and it's still there. Another sprint car question.
1: Uh, You ran with Lynn Geisler. Yeah. And most people, they think Lynn just raced late models.
12: Well, no, no. He started in, in, uh, he had a very good sprint car, I remember, and uh, it was uh, Warner Continental, I think, was his sponsor, his number 97. I ran against him at Hagerstown and other places, and, uh, you know, he went good with that car. Of course, he really cut his teeth with the late models later on, but I think you'll find he started in sprint cars.
1: We're going to take a break. We're talking to Lynn Paxton. We'll be back after these messages.
3: Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Thomas Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Jennerstown Speedway would like to thank the marketing
5: partners that made the 2020 racing season a memorable one. Martella's Pharmacies, Stoystown Auto Records, Ron's Collision Center and Auto Sales, Farmers Union Co-op Somerset Trust Company Stoney's Premium and Stoney's Light Beer Kenny Ross Chevrolet and all the sponsors of the 2020 Racing Season Congratulations to the Jennerstown Speedway Champions Late Model Champion Albert Francis Modified Champion Anthony Aiello Street Stock Champion Casey Flegel Charger Champion Dale Kimberly four-cylinder champion jeff Vassos, and a special thank you to all the race fans who made the 2020 racing season at the jennerstown speedway complex a successful one we'll see you in 2021
8: no one covers motorsports like rapid on racing for nearly 40 years rapid on racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews, and the host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble, a former driver and track promoter, Rapid on Racing. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapid on Racing. Fans, we're back.
1: We're at the Eastern Museum of Motor Racing. We're talking to Lynn Paxton. Lynn, uh, the virus had kind of fouled your schedule up a little bit, but it looks like things are back on track. What can the listeners look forward to for the remainder
12: of twenty twenty? Well, we we couldn't get the museum open till uh, June twelfth until the state, you know, until our governor uh, cleared the state, and we have to we can't have any large groups here. And we, you know, mask or recommended uh, social distancing. We're trying to do all the right things. We've had to cancel all our major events. Uh, Our fair, we did not have this year. So everything's canceled up. Now we have our convention coming up next weekend, uh, which would be the 28th, 29th, and 30th. We are going to have that. Uh, We're going to have the Reading reunion here, we're going to have track time here. Saturday and Sunday, we're going to have an ARDC reunion, it's going to be here, we're going to have a car show on Saturday, we're going to be the guest of Williams Grove, Friday night, uh, the vintage cars, no track time, but we'll be the guests, we'll be in the infield on, on Friday, so it'll be a great weekend. Also coming up, another major event we have coming up is October uh, 3rd and 4th, it's uh, going to be our Travis reunion up here, uh, that, that'll be really great because uh, Floyd and Ronnie Travis built a lot of great race cars in Ohio. And uh, we're going we're gonna to honor, thank God, Ronnie's going to be able to be here. And uh, that should be a great event for us.
2: Preserving the history of racing in this area and, and across the United States, as we were, Don and myself and Robert were taking a, a tour through the sprint car section. I, one of the things I found interesting and one of the greatest of all, mario andretti he's in a lot of photos and cars that he drove and most people would never associate him to you know eastern
12: pa well maybe with you know nazareth but not you know in this particular area well I, I i didn't walk out to the new building yet but i'm very proud of one block out there world champion mario andretti he did buy under our program mario is very supportive and uh, we have a case here for him. We've had all his neighbors over here, but Mario uh, is still scheduled to be over. And uh, I, I'll i bust him a little bit to get him over here. But uh, he's a pretty busy man. And you know, he still carries that Andretti family name pretty well.
1: One of the things that's amazing here with all this history is how important it is to preserve it. And you find that when the young fans come in, they don't know who Mario Andretti is
12: no uh i give tours here to school groups and i go through and uh i talk about tommy henderships which that really throws him for a curve and then i said well mario andretti called him his idol and aj Foyt called him his idol you know and they look at me well who are those two so i have to go to tony stewart's car which i have one of his early midgets here and i said well there's stewart his his favorite was Foyt, and then Foyt's favorite was back to uh you know, back to Tommy Hendershitz. So, you just, every 20 years, you got to go another generation, you know. You almost have to tell the youngsters that Tony Storr drives number
2: 14
12: because of A.J. Boyd. That, that's exactly right, and that, that's why I have Tony's car down there right next to, to uh, Mario's and, of course, right, right next to Tommy Hendershitz's garage.
1: Well, in wrapping this up, any closing thoughts? It was a wonderful tour. Uh, good, night. And they, they told us, you can't cover this in one day. So we're going to come back tomorrow. So uh, somebody here will be stuck with us tomorrow. But a little bit about the importance of this and what you're looking forward to.
12: Well, it's, look, if it happens, yesterday it's history. And I think it's important to preserve that so future generations know who cut the Who cut the mold to get things done? Because, you know, you look down there at at the things they drove and the early stuff. Man, you had to have some intestinal fortitude to drive, some of that stuff. But they didn't know any better. And then as the safety features came on, now, a lot of race car drivers live to be old men. Not all, but a lot of them. Uh, And it has gotten a lot safer over the last 40, 50 years. And I expect it to, to get safer, even though it is faster. Okay.
1: Lynn, I want to thank you on behalf of myself, Dave Oliveri, and Robert Johnson. It was a wonderful tour, and like I said, we're going to come back for more.
12: I'm good. I'll, I'm going to charge you double tomorrow if i got to give you a tour, though. Fair enough. Okay, thank you. All right.
10: Racers, race fans, or campers, are you looking for power on demand and excellent service? Then see our friends at Alternative Power Sources. Alternative Power Sources offers a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects from sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation. Alternative Power Sources, Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania, has proudly served homeowners and businesses in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia since 1995. Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include Blue Star, NOLAR, ASCO, Yamaha, PowerTech, and Southeast Power Products. The sales force at Alternative Power Sources has over 60 years experience in the generator field, providing you with the best resources to design the generator package that meets your needs and specifications and to supply the top of the line specified products. If power on demand and excellent service are important to you, then call Alternative Power Sources at 1-800-894-4455.
8: The 39th edition of the National Speedway Directory book has info on over 1,200 racing facilities. Detailed information with addresses, exact directions, phone numbers, websites, nights of operation, and types of racing are included in this handy paperback book. There are also listings for sanctions, publications, museums, and schedules. The National Speedway Directory is essential in planning vacations and race outings in advance. The fourth edition of the History of America Speedways has updated information on over 9,000 auto racing facilities that have existed since the dawn of the automobile. There is data on the town they were located, various names, sizes of each track, and years operated. This hardcover book covers oval tracks, road courses, and track strips, and has photos spread throughout. For more information on these two must-have books, call 847-853-0294 or order online at speedwaysonline.com.
1: This portion of today's program was brought to you by Thomas Market.
10: Thanks for tuning in to Wrappin' on Racing. I'm Lenny Baticki. Coming up next, a recording we did for PRNs at the track. Check it out. Joining us now on the Profabrication.com hotline, the winner of not one but two different races last weekend at Erie Speedway, World of Outlaws, Late Model Star, Boom Breaks. Hey boom, welcome back to uh the show. Before we get started on uh Erie's, let's just kind of recap uh, how how's the year going for you out on the uh World of Outlaw circuit?
19: You know, we've had a bunch of ups and downs and uh switched cars here a few times. Uh it's been uh, it's been a trying year. Uh, I think we're headed in the right direction now. Uh but you know, we're just a very small team out there racing with the best in the country and you know, we just want to be competitive, and, and we've had a lot of ups, but uh, the downs have definitely been disappointing, but uh, hopefully uh, we want to finish the year out strong here, and this Thunder Mountain weekend coming up, uh, we look to have a really good weekend.
10: Yeah, Thunder Mountain coming up for the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Models, the 25th to 26th of this month. You'll get to see Boom and all the stars of the uh, World of Outlaws Late Model series there in Pennsylvania on the profabrication.com hotline with Boom Briggs chatting about his season and uh, a return home last weekend to uh, Erie Speedway. Uh, how long have you been coming? Do you even remember how long the first time it was? You've you been going to Erie's?
19: My dad, well, Chubb is our cousin and his parents built Erie Speedway but my first memory of Erie is 1980. I'd have been nine years old. Oh, wow. So uh, My dad started racing there in 1981 so I've been about 40 years been going there. Wow.
10: So is this re- return home, uh, you know, a tune up, is it for trying something new? Uh, is it just because, you know, you, you got to get out there and do it. What's, what, what was the reason to go out and race not only one class,
19: but two. Always try to sp- support the local tracks around here, uh, to keep, you know, it's been a tough year with COVID and, uh, Dave Alexander, at that Erie speedway has done all he could to be open every weekend. And, you know, they were paying decent money this weekend. Uh, two years I, two years ago, I swept it. Uh, last year, I couldn't go due to the outlaw schedule, and uh, Chubb won on Saturday night last year. So it's just uh, it's about supporting your local track. And, you know, sometimes you got to come home and get some confidence and feel good. And, uh, you know, we run really good there in the outlaw race. We should have won our first outlaw race there a month ago. We led 41 laps. So... Uh, I was just got that car, and I wasn't quite comfortable in it yet. But mm-hmm. I think now, coming home and uh, getting comfortable, I think uh, we can finish year out strong in this Rocket car.
10: Got a couple of wins last weekend at Erie Speedway. Our guest on the Profabrication.com hotline, Boom Briggs, chatting about the season and all. Uh, speaking of Profabrication, Profabrication headers exhausted all the parts and pieces that go with it. Just a click of a mouse away at Profabrication.com. So boom, you come back to uh, Erie's and not only race kind of the super late model, which is more or less uh, what you're racing out there on the World About law circuit, but you raced a crate car, which uh, from what all I understand is, is kind of a, a down-powered, uh, equal equipment type thing. Is What does that do for a driver that is normally used to going super speeds now? You know, uh, you you got to handle this thing. Does it help with your skill set, remind you of uh, unique things that drivers need to know?
19: So I've told everybody, I, I swear that crate car is harder to drive than the open car. I mean, you're 400 horsepower less. I mean, it's just a GM sealed crate motor around 400 horse and our open motors are 850. Uh, I swear they're harder to drive, but uh, I think it made me better this weekend driving both classes just for the fact that uh, that car is harder to drive and you've got to be smoother and, um, you know, it was just a Chub couldn't go on Friday night, and that crate class was paying two thousand to win. And you know, we're a small team; we're, it's all one team here. Me, and Chubb, we're all in the same garage, and uh, you know, uh, we have two crate cars. With Shane Karate drives my crate car, and I, me and Chub talked about it, and then like hell, we might as well take your car and see where we line up. And uh, we started sixth, and then two laps, I had the lead. So, wow. you know, hats off to Chubb because that car was race ready that crate car is really good and that's one of the cars that chubb had reconfigured himself so uh
10: yeah what's it about definitely definitely, uh, what's it about the chubb frank car is it his feel to be able to help the driver in the car uh that that is making the the equipment that's coming out of that shop there you know better and better
19: Uh, i think so you know like i said he slowed up on the driving to where he can focus more in the shop and work on these cars and uh being out on the road, he never had the time to do that. So I think him being in the shop more is definitely made. I mean, my son-in-law runs fourth. uh, Dave Hess run third the other night. Uh, Hess's car was put together here in Chubb's shop. Mike Knight's car is taken care of by me and Chubb, uh, which Mike's my Mm son-in-law. So it's just, uh, like he said, sometimes you throw the book away and just give the car what it needs, what it feels. (laughs) So,
10: well, if, uh, if,
19: he's he's had more time to concentrate on stuff like that. And that crate car, from the time we left the garage till we pulled into victory lane with it, we never changed a thing, but took tires off, cleaned them, put them back on. Wow.
10: On the profabrication.com hotline, Boom Briggs, World of Outlaws, late model star, returning home, uh, getting uh, to be in a crate and a super at Erie Speedway. Won both races last weekend. You could see him on the 25th and 26th at Thunder Mountain Speedway as the World Outlaws Morton Building Series returns to Pennsylvania for their uh, last time in the uh, Keystone State and then uh, beyond the road and some other races and such. How, how is it um, being out there and getting to see the fans? You know, sir, we've watched a lot of these Sunday races and stuff. They don't get to see them. Uh, what's your, uh, your thought on being able to uh, still mingle with some of the fans when you get out?
19: Well, it, it's nice to interact. Uh, you know, we need them people in the seats to uh, pay our purses. Uh, is, our deal a lot different than NASCAR. We don't get no TV money. So, you know, when you, uh, after the races or before the races, there's fans there. You try to take as much time as you can with them. Uh, it's a little harder for me because a lot of times we don't have a lot of help and I have to work on the car myself. But, you know, this dirt track feels a lot different. Uh, we depend on the fans to come see us. Uh, Let's leave it there.
10: Let's Let's leave it there, Boom, because we got to say goodbye. But Boom Briggs, a fan favorite. Come see him at Thunder Mountain or any of the races that Boom Briggs runs. Thanks for joining us with the Profab Hotline. Fans, stay with us. We'll be right back with more.
8: No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews. And the host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble, a former driver and track promoter, Rapid on Racing. <laughs>
10: Thanks for tuning in to Wrappin' On Racing. I'm Lenny Baticki. Coming up next, a recording we did for PRNs at the track. Check it out. And joining us now on the Profabrication.com Hotline. First time 410 sprint car winner, Darren Gallagher. And Darren, uh uh, I know you've won in, in the 305s and probably the 360s somewhere along the line, but how much bigger is it to finally get one in a in a size sprint car that now You know, that's the kind that the World of Outlaws race. What does it feel like to uh, capture one in this size sprint car? I'll
7: tell you what, it feels great because coming out of the 305s and we were competitive there, I mean, I was having fun there and getting the 410s and just being able to run top five with the program that I have was a win for me. And then when we won Tri-City, I mean, I'm still living on a top end, just on a high right now like no other, being able to beat some of the best in the Tri-State area that I raced against yeah. Sunday night
10: Darren Gallagher um, la- yeah hang on I don't a I
7: still don't have words on it it's <laughs> just awesome
10: well I want to tell the folks about what I saw on Twitter uh Darren Gallagher on the profabrication.com hotline tweeted out we freaking won and I mean the emotion just poured through uh Twitter the other night uh how was that beating Jack Sodeman uh the track champion and multi-time multi-track winner and such what was the race like uh take us kind of through a little
7: of that uh the race well we started third i actually won the first heat race which gave me uh, a pill draw for the top six and i put jack and aj flick on the front row and i was put me in third and uh race went started green i fell back to fourth for a little bit a couple cautions came out we went green i got around aj and lap traffic and another caution came out and i was sitting behind jack and we Went into down into turn one, I knew he was gonna run top, so I had went down to the bottom and I figured I gotta give him the best fly job I've ever done <laughs> in my career in the short term the four ten it is and I went down there, it worked perfect. I got in the lead and just started doing my line and it was and we just stayed out there and we were actually pulling away from what I know of it. I'm we were I couldn't believe how fast we were for what it was.
10: Darren Gallagher on the Profabrication.com hotline. First win and, in the 4'10. Uh, 410 sprint car he did it at tri-city speedway up in pennsylvania over guys as he mentioned aj flick jack sodeman jr and uh you know you get you get the slider on jack and uh with his experience are are, how much are you you listening and trying to find him in in the uh you know in the background because you got to believe he's coming he's still going to try something before it's all over what's going through your mind about that
7: oh what's going through my mind oh when I went down in turn one and two, I'm like, I got to get Jack, and Jack, you better get ready for it because it's coming. And we went into turn two, and I just drifted up the track, try to give as much room. I didn't hear him, so I kind of knew I had the spot. And uh, But I was waiting for the cutback to get underneath me and got on the stretch, went into three, nothing came about. And I figured, you know what, I probably hit it pretty good, and maybe he kind of checked up or something. And we gapped, and I didn't see him since for the rest of the race. So it worked out for the best of best for myself and i didn't have to worry about causing any mayhem
10: <laughs> no no mayhem just uh excitement and energy all across the racing world darren gallagher winner of the first time in a 410 sprint up at tri-city raceway speedway up in uh, pennsylvania over just some fantastic uh regional names national names aj flick jack Soderman jr and others up there and uh wow you you, you date a racer you've been going out with her for a while chelsea uh what what did she say uh when you got got done with this did you get the approval from uh you know your your team there so to speak
7: I got definitely got the approval from everyone I think we came across the scales and all that and part of my crew was over there they're all jumping for joy I pulled back out on the track and there's people from other teams and everything else they're all hooting and hollering and I was probably losing my voice before I even got out of the car and then we got to victory lane and all that Chelsea was the first one at the door and you could tell she was screaming for the last probably five laps when me and Dan Chetler were running side by side for the, uh, the lead. And then she was rooting me on. And by the time we got to victory lane, she's looked like she wanted to cry and so happy tears and all that. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was awesome. It was an awesome experience. She was very happy for me. Uh, everyone was Jack came down and snuck up behind me in my interview <laughs> and gave me a big old bear hug and, uh, pretty much, I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't ask for anything better. Everyone's so excited to see a new guy come in and be able to win and compete and all that. And just, I drove my hardest, and everyone was full tilt, just proud of it. And well, I couldn't be any happier. And I'm still on a high about it.
10: Well, we're proud of you as well, Derry Gallagher, the winner in a 410 sprint car for the very first time. Thanks for joining us, fans. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
5: After a heated battle. With veteran Dan Shetler, one of the youngest competitors in the field, pulls onto the Four Your Car Connection Victory Lane stage. Ladies and gentlemen, $5,000 richer is your Krill Recycling Apple Fest winner, ladies and gentlemen, Darren Gallagher. How
11: about that for a first win?
5: a wing dance well deserved a hard-fought victory safety equipment needs to be removed continued thanks to our division sponsor shago real estate event sponsor krill recycling and we'll get to hear from our track champion in just a moment as well
18: Well, family-owned operation oh
13: yeah
5: After a preliminary heat race win last night in preparation for this big 30-lap event, the 3.05 Sprint Car Graduate. A cold drink from his father. Darren Gallagher, welcome to the For Your Car Connection Victory Lane stage. Before we talk about this race, let's talk about your career. You were a pretty successful racer in the 3.05 Sprints. Let's talk about when you began racing.
20: Oh, I began racing Started 305s at Mercer after I got was in the mod lights. We got a championship in the mod lights. Said okay, these are fun, but uh, buddy of mine let me get in his 305, and that started the bug. And Mercer was fine. Got the championship there in the 305s, and we ended up getting a 410 last year, middle of the year, and uh, we were, we figured, you know what? If I can run top five. That's a win in my books. If I can run top 10, finish every night, I'm thrilled for the little thing that's in this. But uh, I never thought I'd get, get a win in a 410, let alone here. I've won here before. It's one of my favorites. And uh, Scheller passed me on the inside, and I'm like, no, not tonight. We've been doing good. And I just drove the heck out of it to make it happen. But I still couldn't believe this. It, so it's going to be a good one for tonight.
5: Now, let's, let's talk about that race. You worked on the inside and you worked on the outside. You took the lead from Sodeman all the way down at the bottom with a slide job that worked and then recovered the lead going all the way up top in three and four. Did this
20: car work anywhere you could put it, like it looked from up top? Oh, it did go anywhere I wanted it to. And that was the best thing about it. This car is new to me this year, and it, it's it been just Matt, great for what it's been. I mean, it'll stay pretty much what I have at the beginning of the night and, and finish there. I mean, I couldn't be more thrilled with it. And if I could throw a slider on Jack, I've always wanted to, but I was always too nervous to. <laughs> you mean this guy right here? That one right there.
12: <laughs> yeah, man.
5: Congratulations here in victory lane from the track champion. Now. You got a $5,000 paycheck coming at you for this big win here tonight. How about a chance to thank sponsors and crew that put you here on the For Your Car Connection Victory
20: Lane stage? Oh, for sure. I got to thank Texas Roadhouse, Meridian Styles, Hometown Trailer Sales, Shannon Automotive, Sterling Lubricants, Champion Oil, um, uh, Rick Kozminski, Auto and Line Shop. And uh, without them, I don't think I'd be here, I'd be still stuck in the back somewhere maybe, but uh, my crew, my dad, my brother, my girlfriend Chelsea, she supports me through all this. I'm glad she's here for this. Mom at home. She stayed home. I'm like, eh, well, you'd come. And she's like, no, I'll take care and harass the neighbors. So I'm like, all right, well, she messed out on a win. So okay. it's things. Bill gets a haircut. Oh, and Bill. I think he can finally retire because he's always been doing this for years. And he's like, if, I get, if we get one 410 win, I'm going to retire. I told him, well, now you can retire. So. <laughs> and a haircut. So, one last
5: question after the heat race win last night, you had to have some confidence coming into tonight. How does it feel to be a winner in 410 sprint racing?
20: Uh, Let's just say when I cross the scales, I'm surprised I didn't lose my voice. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies
5: and gentlemen, celebrating his first win in 410 sprints, Darren Gallagher.
2: Listeners, we're at Lernerville Speedway, and joining me this evening is Adam Kekich. Adam, everybody wants to know, where the heck is Adam been? And it's been a couple years now. Last year, we only saw you literally. I could probably count on my hand how many times you race. And this year, if my mask correct, I could probably count on two hands to tell you how many times you race. But uh, we're currently at Lernerville Speedway for the, um, the Commonwealth Clash, and Last evening, true to Adam Kekich Forum, your favorite racetrack, you picked up a win at Mercer, I guess, oh,
21: Michael's Mercer Raceway. Yeah, we uh, we haven't been able to race too much these past uh, two years because of work, to be honest. Uh, last year, we only got to run four times, and uh, we picked up a win at Mercer out of those four times. And, uh You know, this year, we're on a busy schedule, too, for work. And luckily, because it's pandemic, we haven't been shut down. So I've been able to work through this, which is very fortunate. But uh, I'm on a job that's demanding, and they're working six days a week, 10 hours a day this year. So it's tough to get out and run like we normally did in the past, where I was working 40 hours a week. I could race two nights a week. Like, we went out and traveled with the Fast Series. I ran two seasons with them, and uh, that was 2017-2018. And we ran a lot those two seasons and like i said i guess you could say it's fortunate uh fortunately work picked up and it hasn't been allowed me to race but uh we're still at it as much as we can as much as we possibly can be you know we're out here just trying to have some fun and uh try to pick up some wins
2: and when you race with the fast series that's i would in my recollection and maybe i'm wrong correct me if i am that's more of like a ohio based series to attica fremont tracks like that but not having raced it, not much in the last two years, when you get into a car, and we always say during an interview, the best thing a driver can have is seat time because without it, there's no substitute. You just don't see things, things change. Now, maybe in the sprint car, things don't technically change as much as they do in a late model or a modified, but to come out when you sit for, it, we'll say idle for those period of times, and when you do, you're extremely fast and you put it in victory lane.
21: Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is tough to sit out. Um, I was fortunate running those two years with the Fast Series. We did get a lot of seat time. We were racing two nights, two nights a week, uh, racing with stout competition. Uh, those Fast Series guys, they're, uh, they're, they're nothing to sleep on. I mean, when the Outlaws and uh, All-Stars show up over there to race, those guys are just capable to win any given night. And uh, I learned a lot out there, got a lot of seat time out there, and I feel it carried over. Uh, to come back home and race because I was able to uh, bring habits that I learned over there in car setups and just different types of styles of driving. I was able to bring them and apply them on our local tracks at home and uh, you know things do change with these cars but uh, I've also been fortunate enough to have an in with guys that run a lot and uh, like Dave Blaney's been helping me out this season with car setups and uh, it's it's working. I mean he's been he's been one that He'll go out and try stuff, and if he don't like it, he'll try something new. And he just—he's always learning, and he's so smart. I mean, he's probably one of the smartest guys that's ever stepped in. I mean, he is the smartest guy that ever stepped foot in a race car, and uh, it's been very fortunate to have him able to help me throughout these past two years to get me keep me rolling in the right direction that we're supposed to be and able to uh, still be fast when we show up even though we don't get to race 30, 40 times a year like we did in 2017 and in 2018.
2: With the inactivity, Adam, do you feel that, like, maybe one specific thing over, we'll just say over a three year period now from 17 to 2020 where, like say in the late models, it, it shocks are everything. Uh, Again, I'm not all that familiar with a sprint car. So is there one thing over those three years where, like I said, you're not to get doing it. You may do this every six to eight weeks versus twice a week. Is there one thing that you've noticed that perhaps not racing as much, you're a little behind the
21: eight ball on? I really don't know One besides really these tires. um, That's one thing that always changes um but as far as shocks that's a big thing too but uh back in 2017 I was also fortunate to get hooked up with Penske Dale Blaney actually got me hooked up with Penske and that helped our program a lot in when we were running out in uh Attica, or the fast series deal and I mean it was nice nice to to learn the stuff like I did when I was running in 2017 2018 because I got comfortable on it and I'm able to cont- carry that over to 2020 in these local tracks and and uh even when the all-stars come to to sharon or when we go back out to fremont for the all-star races i mean we're still the balance of the car is still there and uh you know i feel like i still still have it so it's not like i haven't haven't really missed out on a whole bunch because we're we are still in the seat we're just not in the seat as much so i don't know if something specific has really hurt us or helped us but i can tell you that uh those two years has, has carried over to this year and like i said help help with dave blaney and all that has helped us keep going
2: you mentioned dave and dale blaney you have one of the smoothest drivers that's been out there and i think i think dale's finally decided uh i think he's currently an official with the all-stars and and he had told me a while back that if he didn't really have a competitive ride he just wasn't going to jump in anything you know we know dave's still racing every now and then but you mentioned early in the interview he's not that he he comes up with the most unique setups and he's not afraid to
21: try anything and he did that on his modified as well oh yeah for sure i mean dave uh like i said I, I can't stress how smart dave is and he he's just so so willing to do whatever it takes to try to make his car go faster and uh he spends a lot of time testing and uh he just he's not afraid to just make things happen. And uh, that's one thing with Dave that is very, very special and unique about him. Are there any local guys that you kind of like that are racing
2: in 2020 on a regular basis that you stay in touch with and say, hey, now, you know, my work commitments aren't going to allow me there, but we're going to Mercer, we're going to Lernerville. Can you give me just a, a short notebook so when I
21: hit there, I have a little uh, – a starting point to go with? Uh, no, I mean, actually, to be honest, like I said, other than Dave uh, uh, helped me out, that's that's what we've been been uh, falling back on every, every track we show up to. Uh, we've got the balance of this car, I, I think it's the most balanced I've ever felt in a race car, so as long as you keep rolling with that same balance, it don't matter where you show up, as long as you know how to fine-tune, as the night goes on and as the track changes you you can keep up on the eight ball so i mean we don't run a lot of tracks so the five tracks six tracks that we do go to i i know the balance of the car is good there so all i have to do is make fine little adjustments as the night goes on so other than again like i said other than dave helped me out there's nobody uh local that i keep in touch with and uh a lot a lot of the deal with why we're we've been very very good at mercer is because i have so much seat time there i mean i cut my teeth Learning how to race a sprint car at Mercer, so that 's been one thing that 's uh, helped us so be so successful there, but uh, other than that, just uh, just keeping the balance of the car and knowing when to tune fine tune you know what depending on what the track gives us
2: Adam, do you feel a little more comfortable on that size track the Mercer's the Fremont, the attic is where you come to say Lernerville, and then maybe you go to say an outdoor or a Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, which are you know big motor tracks and just wide open it, it, it it's it's kind of like you know driving the back of a you know on a windy
21: road in the country versus running down the interstate it's a little bit different yeah it's it's a lot different um i like the shorter tracks um but i also like the big tracks we ran mansfield uh a couple of years ago there for the great lakes national and we locked ourselves in for that hundred uh hundred thousand to win show there that they had and i really liked mansfield i enjoyed the big tracks um
2: can't say that anymore <laughs> yeah i can't say that anymore
21: but i really did enjoy the big tracks like mansfield and i also i, I like the, the small tracks like attica and fremont and mercer so i don't really have a preference i just like being in the seat you know and i always had the theory of it's it, it, a racetrack's brown and round you got two left-hand turns and you just you just race it so it doesn't matter what size it is i just enjoy it all
2: just in conclusion, is there anybody that helps? We're gonna helps you on the car during the week and at the track. And then in closing, let's talk about your sponsors.
21: Yeah, I got uh, I got uh, great guys that help us at the shop. I mean, m- my dad for one, uh, Mike Smith. He he maintains our motors, and uh, Eric and Zach Schaefer. They uh, they keep up with the maintenance of the car and tires, and and, and along with me me as well. But we have a good a good chemistry good uh good friendship built that uh we we, we all do this for fun we all have jobs that we gotta uh go to monday and work throughout the week but uh it's a good getaway for all of us and we just we keep we click we have fun and if we weren't having fun we, you know we wouldn't be doing this but uh one thing that's kept us going is it's it's a good getaway from your everyday life and your sponsors yeah I got to give a big thanks to uh, Greg McCandless. Uh, we teamed up with him this year, uh, with McCandless Ford. Uh, They—if uh, it wasn't for him, I don't think this year would have would have happened the way it did. But uh, he was a big part in getting us rolling this year and keeping us, uh, you know, wanting to keep keep going. So I got to thank him a bunch. I got to thank uh, Scott Bunnell, Bunnell's Rod Shops, Jones Performance, uh, Hermitage Agway, at Cabinets, uh, Homer Sanitary tim's detailing penske shock i mean everybody's uh that we're all in this together hp motors uh we're all in this together and uh like i said we're just having fun and all the guys on the car sponsor wise are all race fans and uh like i said we're one big family and we just enjoy what we're doing now speaking of family always the most important part of the family mom or dad or the wife yeah for sure i mean uh, my mom and dad are huge support um like if it wasn't for them uh you know we wouldn't be fielding a car you know that my dad's the one that started this team you know back in the 90s and we've been uh we've just been a racing family and uh my wife is a huge uh support on on the racing end. she enjoys it you know and uh if it wasn't for them three you know and and just having fun and keeping a tight bond it's it, it would make it tough but i've been fortunate that we're all we are all in this together and like i said if it wasn't for for the glory of god himself too that's also a huge part in our team you'd be on the golf link just to have the race course yeah for sure
2: that's uh that's definitely for sure well adam thanks for joining us on Rapping on racing we wish you the best of luck whenever you get out the rest of the season thank you so much thanks for having me
5: And now an opportunity to introduce you race fans to the champion of 2020 in the Shago Real Estate 410 Sprint Cars, ladies and gentlemen from Warren, Ohio, Jack Sodeman Jr. Jack, track championships are something that you have absolutely
22: mastered. I believe this is a 10th career track title for you. Is that correct? Yeah, first one here. It's uh, only got one win here and I didn't uh, get it this year. So it sucks that I couldn't get the win tonight to win the championship, but consistency pays off sometimes.
5: Now let's talk about this ride. You were fast here several times, finished second, finished third, all these top five finishes. What is it gonna
22: take next season to get one spot up that way? I ah, just got to be a lot, lot better than what we were tonight. It's uh, the track definitely fooled me. I thought it was going to stay a lot heavier than what it did, and. The way that we were set up, there wasn't too much I could do. I was kind of a sitting duck, and just uh, it was kind of a race between me and Brandon at that point. And then, of course, Darren winning his first. If you're going to win your first, this is a good one to do it. Now, all of us in the grandstands and the press box were doing math in our
5: minds. Did you know what you had to do when the 22 car was in sight?
22: Were you doing that same math toward this championship during that feature event? No, I just do the best. I can't run as hard as I can, and the points will sort, they'll sort themselves out. So if it was meant to be, it was going to be. If not, then Brandon would have been the uh, champion. But uh, Brandon, was he was definitely uh, very uh, very tough here all year long. He was kind of the premier car here. And then uh, a couple times he missed the setup just like we, I did tonight, and that's really the only thing that uh, helped there, a little bit of luck, actually. But, but uh, you know, we had a lot of consistency, a lot of seconds, a lot of thirds, like you said. So it was just uh, sometimes you get lucky and things work out your way.
5: Well, standing behind the wing here is a guy that's been to Victory Lane at Tri-City Speedway and sprints and modifieds as well. So that leads me to this question.
22: Who would you like to thank in the way of sponsors and crew for your Shago Real Estate Sprint Car title? Oh, definitely. You know, my mom looking down on me every single night. My dad, uh, they've been behind me my whole career. My wife, Kat. Uh, both the kids. i got uh, little Jack and i got Samantha, my partner, Mark. Uh, Darren, usually he helps me uh, set the car up, so obviously he knows better how to set a car up than I do. Yeah, I've made that very, very evident tonight, uh, and of course a lot, a lot of the sponsors, I mean I got a lot of fans, and the biggest thing I got, you know, this was a crazy year, you had the whole COVID thing and all the crap that was going on, it was uh, such an unsure year, so I mean the ones that really need the most thanks is all the fans that come in here week in, week out, and that go to the racetracks. And, you know, especially when it was uncertainty there at the beginning when, you know, everybody was still a little bit afraid. So I got to thank the fans for coming out and all the sponsors that are on the car. Glassmere Fuel, Economy Fueling, PRS Transit, which is Paul and Lisa Smith, my, uh, my brother and sister-in-law. or my brother-in-law and sister. Uh, Tomo and Meat Markets, uh, Townsend Gas and Oil. I mean, there's just the list goes on and on 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 the people that help us and, and get us here week in and week out. So it's nice to uh nice to get some for all them.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, track champion at the Tri City Raceway Park, Jack Sodeman Jr. <laughs>
4: Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway is ready to wrap up the 2020 season, but not before the 32nd running of the Pittsburgher 100 coming this weekend, October 2nd and 3rd. This year featuring two complete shows. It all starts off on Friday, October 2nd when the Rush Late Model Touring Series descends on PPMS for the 3000 to win Bill Hendren Memorial. Also featuring the wildly popular One to Remember race for the Rush Late Models. Also on Friday's card are complete shows with heats and features For the Admar Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Crawford Auto Repair 4 Cylinders, and the Always Safe Young Guns then on Saturday, we welcome the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series for the 32nd annual Pittsburgher 100. From hot laps to 100 laps, the biggest stars of late model racing will compete in a full night of racing for $20,000 to win. Also featuring the return of the Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series for the night number two of the Bill Hendren Memorial. Be sure to make your plans to attend the autumn tradition that is the Pittsburgher 100. Find out all the details about the Pittsburgher weekend, including camping, cooler policies and more at ppms.com
23: this young driver from addison pennsylvania still in high school racing for his dad aboard the rw Frazy llc ms shock therapy car number 11 let's give ryan a round of applause ryan congratulations second career win here at late trope you can get a little bit closer we don't have to be social distance in victory lane Second career win here at Le Trobe. Last Sunday you were crowned the 2020 King of the Knob. This week you pick up your second win at La Trobe. Not a bad week, I'd say. And and your dad's
24: also in attendance tonight to get you to see you get you
23: to see you win this race.
24: Yeah, for sure. Um, the track down there was a little rough, and with like two or three laps to go, the car got up in the air a little bit and it dropped out of high gear, I had to pull it back. And uh, but no, I'm glad everybody came out. It was definitely a good good night. The track was. You know, good for the most part it was really good all night and uh, thank the track crew for what they've done and everybody here for doing what they did here it's a really nice facility and um, we'll definitely be back next year um, but yeah it's definitely nice they get another one here
23: and it has to be nice like I said a lot of people might not be aware your dad's had some health issues over the past I'd say about a year or so and um, you know he's sitting down there in turn number four and I'm I'm sure he's probably going through a box of Kleenex right now
24: yeah i'm sure he loves it. he loves to watch me race and everything and we started racing when i was 11 11 12 when i was 11 i got in a car and that was when we started doing it and now it's we do it every weekend you know at least twice a weekend normally if we, we try to anyway and uh he he's definitely loving life right now with um with everything with us winning races and stuff but hopefully he gets better we can do some more traveling next year we've been staying a lot more local this year so i don't well, think all the fans are coming out my sisters um uh couple people would like to thank um driving the truck this year because my dad can't. Um, Scott, Brett, and John, they've helped out a lot, and just my mom and dad my family and all my friends.
23: How about all the sponsors on this sharp-looking 11F? Yeah,
24: I want to thank RW Frazee, uh, Edward Fields, uh, Recycling Salvage, uh, Penske Racing Shocks, uh, Naraka Decals, Jacobs Well Drilling, MS Shock Therapy, uh, Mason's, a big part of my program. Um, just everybody on the car. Glade Pipeline Services out of Farmington. Just everybody that has a help and um, Schaefer Transferring and Moving out of Somerset. Just everybody that helps me, it's uh, it's it's definitely good, and we got it rolling.
23: It's an emotional win as Ryan's dad sitting down in turn number four, who was not here to in person to get to see the first one, but he got to be here for the second. Let's give a round of applause for the young pilot known as the Addison Assassin, Ryan Frazee, in victory lane. Hey, Ryan. Brandon Cars is now a feature winner here at the Latrobe Speedway. I can't get this fucking buckle off. All right, hold on. What do you want me to get? You push the lever up and then slides the ahead. You're off. Close Racing Supply, Dave Klein Motorsports, car number 55. Let's give a round of applause, Brandon.
18: Yeah. Thank you.
23: Adams Auto Repair. Brandon, I had the opportunity to talk to you earlier tonight, and you said you like it here at the Ultra Fast Half Mile. You just said you wish it was a little wider, and uh, well, with about four laps to go, you tried to make it wider and dropped the tire off and came from the back of the pack. But I'm pretty sure when you took that white flag, you thought this track was probably wide enough
24: at that point. Yeah, it was. I was making it wider, anyways. Whether it was or not, I was going for it.
23: Hey, I'll tell you what. Heck of a run. Last week a second place. This week a first place, and. Your forte is the short tracks. You're a Thunder Mountain, Hummingbird, um, Hidden Valley guy, and, and nothing against that. But when you get here, this is a completely different mindset. Those tracks, well, I know gamblers would fit inside our infield, and you'd definitely still have room. And what adjustments do you guys have to make to this Dave Klein Motorsports CRS uh, number 55 to come here to the big track?
24: Not too much. Basically, just gears and a few spring changes. We hit it on the nail when we came down last week and just tweaked it for this week.
23: And I'll tell you what, not a bad average. Uh, 1.5, I
24: think that works out to be. Are we going to see
23: you guys here more next year?
24: As much as we can be. We'll come down. This is a nice racetrack. We appreciate your kind words.
23: And now's a chance for you to go ahead and thank the family, the team, the sponsors that make this winning ride possible.
24: I want to thank Ron Winslow for letting me drive the car, my wife, my kid, all my crew. They, they put all the work into it throughout the week and on the weekends.
23: And what about the track, man? It looked like you definitely had a lot of traction, a lot of bite tonight.
24: Yeah, it wasn't what we thought. I think probably if you look at our tire, it was the wrong one, but we made it work. So,
23: Let's give a round of applause to the pilot of the Adams Auto Repair number 55, Brandon Connor's in victory lane for a career first here at the Latrobe Speedway.
5: Jennerstown Speedway would like to thank the marketing partners that made the 2020 racing season a memorable one. Martella's Pharmacies, Stoystown Auto Records, Ron's Collision Center and Auto Sales, Farmers Union Co-op, Somerset Trust Company, Stoney's Premium and Stoney's Light Beer, Kenny Ross Chevrolet, and all the sponsors of the 2020 racing season. Congratulations to the Jennerstown Speedway champions. Late model champion, Albert Francis. Modified champion, Anthony Aiello. Street stock champion, Casey Flegel. Charger champion, Dale Kimberly, Four cylinder champion, Jeff Vassos. And a special thank you to all the race fans who made the 2020 racing season at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex a successful one. We'll see you in 2021.
3: Rapping on Racing, the Tri State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing.